Good afternoon, boys. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, sir. 12.30, that's the first time I think we've done something this early. Okay. And that's mainly because we just had him early this morning. So I'm here with Daniel Montes. Yes, hello. How are you? Thank you, good, and thank you. And then the offside, Cameron Wilson. How are you doing, mate? Good, man. What's happening? Excellent. Had a great time this morning with Daniel. Now we just have to dig into the main course, right? Mm-hmm. 40 so, degrees outside. Yeah, it is 40 degrees. And it every looks idiot like who doesn't know how to drive decided today was their day. <laughs> I had some fun on the way oh, down. Oh, really? Jesus. Yeah, well, you might have some more outrage today with the bushfire Stay coming back. Ha- oh, it's outrageous. <laughs> well, there's a lot of scares for the bushfires again. Does anyone know where Scott Morrison is? He's probably in a national park <laughs> starting a fire as we speak. Has anyone got a tag on him? I heard he went to Tasmania this time. To <laughs> shoot a camel. <laughs> he's, he's off camel shooting. <laughs> yes, he went off camel shooting. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. <laughs> All right, boys, so the three wines today, let me tell you, this one here, Rosé by Gilbert. You ever heard? I've never about heard this? of this. It's actually a, a very young house. You believe that, you know, it's a family that started their wine in 2004. Mm. In the wine years, young, that's yeah. very, very young. And yet, the amount of things that they have already achieved, this here is from Mudgee. So you guys ever have the time, just Good go money. around there. It's, it's a winery up and coming. That region is going to become big. You know, how the Hunter Valley, it's taken mm. quite a bit of time to become quite famous. I think that the uh, Mudgee area. Underrated. Because it's a little bit further. And so when you go there, you have to stay really yeah. the whole weekend, right? Yeah. So let's try this one here, and then we'll, we'll see it. If we know the Mudgee area here, it's cold. Normally we wait till we cheers, mate, but that's all right. Yeah, yeah. that's all right, mate. He's, he's, he's a guest, he's, he's a guest, He's used mate. to he's drinking from a straw. Cheers, boys. Cheers, cheers. I told you, be careful what you're doing, mate. You may not come back. It's actually very, very nice. Listen, 38 degree days, I reckon there's nothing better than a rosé. Mm. Ah, man, this is beautiful. The colour matches uh, Cameron's face. Thank you. <laughs> you still that joke off Chris, mate. If you're going to come here and be oh, original. I didn't hear it. I didn't yeah, know. That's the first. Yeah, sorry. Every week. <laughs> every week. Don't worry. Well, it's the first You'll time. You'll keep, mate. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, no, that's nice. That that's not nice. too dry and not too sweet. Very nice sweetness. Well, this normally should go very well with uh, your sashimi. Tuna sashimi or smoked trout. Yep. Uh, do you know what? I'm actually impressed. I drink quite a bit of rosé. I love my rosé, especially when it's full sunny day lunchtime. And I have to say, usually I don't like the rosé we make in, in Australia. It's either too fruity or it's got too much of either, uh, what is it, Grenache or something else, you know. But this here has got that kind of Sado France kind of feel or taste to it, you know. Mm. It's an amazing one. It's got a few different grapes. I'm just looking at the label. Sangiovese and Shiraz. Zinfandel. Anyone ever heard of that before? No, Infidel, you said? No, Zin. Zinfandel. We've heard of Infidel before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Zinfandel. Oh, that's nice. Very oh, well. good. So Very what's fun. happened this week, this last week? What happened? What happened in your life? Where have we been? Oh, busy. Busy, busy, busy. Barrera's five minutes from opening, which is awesome. Congratulations. Thank you very much, mate. It's coming up a treat. Shit's all over Picton, just saying. Oh, really? <laughs> no, actually, it's, right. it's no, really nice. I like it. No, it's, uh, yeah, so long, long work in progress, but we should have the guys in there probably tomorrow yep. working out of there. And uh, So who's going to be working out of there? Oh, we hired pretty heavily. We recruited pretty heavily before Christmas, so there'll be there's five of them. Okay. I'll be working out of there. Yep. I'll be floating between the offices. Smaller crew and carry on to match the, the workload. Yeah, no, exciting. That's good. You yeah. don't sound excited. I'm tired, man. Yeah. I just, well, 
I shouldn't be. I should be more pumped. I'm yeah. pumped. Yeah. Seeing that sign, that mate, you should see the sign lit up. You haven't well, seen it. I was looking that's at the sign. That's that's oh, different. Fuck, Are you talking about the sign inside the office yeah. over that timber table? Yeah. 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 No, I was when I was in there. They only put it up. We needed to, the Sparky sparkies hooked to it up put, yesterday, okay. mate. And it was it made the whole office. Everything else just. Yeah. Oh, okay, so it's got lights behind it. I want to make love to it. How, how did, how no, did you the, like the three D letter? Their three D letters. Okay. Illuminated like um, like the one that we had in um, Preston's. Yeah, I don't know. Have you seen yeah. the Carrong office? Our external signage is three okay. D letters that are yep. illuminated. Well, we couldn't do that here because the houses are too close. So yep. we did it internal, and it's two point four meters wide by okay a foot tall. Yeah, just nice. Against the domino ward, or and it's quite an open office, isn't it? For what I saw on the pictures. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're trying to not do standard. So everyone can see, like when you, it's like the old Preston's office. Everyone can yeah. see everyone when you walk in, working yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, that's good. Um, pressure's on the guys to keep it clean at all times. That's yeah. what that means. Yeah. But, um, did you like? Did you prefer the reception desk turned the way it was? Yeah. As soon as we turned it, everyone sort of said that was a go. Yeah. You had the sign there in the desk like that. We had yeah. the desk going long ways. The reception yeah. desk in the middle of the office, just yeah. going long ways, because yeah. it, it is meant to be an open yeah. area. We didn't want to section it off, but yeah. it just wasn't. It was good, but it but wasn't it quite wasn't look good, yeah. popping. And then TL, for the first time in his life, came up with a good idea. Okay. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it does happen every once in a while, doesn't it? And <laughs> yeah, fourteen deadlifts later, because the thing weighs three hundred kilos. I noticed he didn't help turn it. He just said that'd look good turn, and then oh, watch, pointy, pointy. watch me and oh, Chad okay. struggle. Who came up with the idea? You, buddy. Okay, so somebody else Your needs buddy. to do the carrying, right? You take all the credit. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you know, right. somebody else does the carrying. It's like L- that listen, auctioneer example was telling you. The last time I did some carrying, mate, I didn't move for <laughs> 15 minutes. Something in my back just went click. Oh, man, I, I hit the ground. Well, I've been didn't carrying you in so this podcast since then, for a few I'm not, months. Yeah. Since then, I'm not <laughs> carrying anything more than the microphone. <laughs> no, so it's Flash and... Um, Obviously, the effort will all be worth it. Yeah, it's been very well received so far by the locals. They're all they're all, oh, they're all coming keen. in and congratulating. Yeah, them everyone everyone knows we're there. Everyone's yeah. keen. So, yeah, no complaints. Exciting times. That's good. How did you get just five people? I mean, you've been recruiting for a little while to get those five people when the office is about to open maybe tomorrow. How did we get them? Yeah, I mean, how did you get to five? I mean, did you pick anyone so did they make the numbers? No, no, not at all. The last job ad we put up had two hundred and four applicants. So. Out of 204, we interviewed 40. We gave opportunity days to 15 and we hired six. We've already let a couple of those go because they, they didn't fit the, the criteria uh, for a little bit of time did, in the office. And did then, you yeah. hire anyone with experience? Uh, not real estate experience. We, yeah. we did hire someone with 20 years of sales experience, but they were the first ones to go. Oh, really? So, <laughs> Um, it was the first time that we've tried to recruit where experienced uh, agents have actually. <laughs> yeah. sorry. sorry, I think I lost a tooth. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's meant to be for sale. I made a mistake when I bought it. So anyway, yeah, Daniel made a mistake. He bought in stale. That's not six stale. month old bread. It's good bread, but it's just meant yeah. for salad, anyways. No, so um, it was the first time. I got a little bit excited because it was the first time that we've tried to recruit where experienced sales agents have actually applied for a job. The reason I say I got a little bit excited is we've only ever hired fresh people before, very little sales experience and, and definitely no real estate experience. And, and while that's awesome in the fact that we get to mould them how we want them to be and they don't come in with any preconceived ideas or any bad habits, it takes a lot of time, takes a lot of effort, takes a lot of hand-holding early on. After two and a half years of doing that, it, I got excited to have the uh, opportunity to potentially hire someone who didn't need as much energy put into them straight away. But as I said, it turned out they were the ones that sucked the most energy of all and are now 
looking for employment elsewhere. So I think that's one thing I've always been worried about when I when I was working in Preston's office, hiring people with a lot of experience with old um, habits. Habits. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like that, and they always have an idea of how they want to do things. You can't really mold them to what you want to do. No, maybe if they have that one year experience or two year experience in sales, maybe you can. Like we found that with Mark, for example, in our office, he had that one year experience and it still allowed us to mold him to the way we wanted to. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah it's just oh, you probably can still mold him, and I, I think you can. There's potential to teach an old dog new tricks, but the time that goes into that and the damage that can be done in the meantime to the rest of the team is where you got to weigh that up. And yep. in, in our uh, instance, it definitely wasn't worth the potential damage being done to the team or the business. We've spent a year with, or a year and a half with a core group from Carry On, and we've added that to now five freshies. And it's interesting times at the moment, getting the new guys to match the culture of the older crew and the, and the culture we've set. Would I recommend putting on five staff at the same time? Probably time again, probably not. You want a couple or one or two at a time just to, oh, horrible word, but indoctrinate them into the system and get yep. them rocking and rolling as a, as a leader and as a manager at, trying to meet five new people at once and match their personality types and work out what each person needs and then catering to that is a big task. I think we've done it as well as we could have. There's some issues there, some issues I had to sort out yesterday as far as culture and those newer guys meeting our standards. Let's let's make sure that we we define culture, right? So culture is not being a cult, right? Culture is a set of rules of conduct within the confine of the business. Yes. Okay. So here is my thing. You've got five now about to start in Burrara. You've got your team in Cario. Yes. What the hell are you doing or what are you going to do to make sure that that culture, that set of rules or conduct is not going to be broken when you're not around? Well, that was a conversation yesterday. Okay. Um, Mate, tell us, Ben. Oh, well, we've hired, like I said, a lot of new guys. They're all young, very young. Youngest is 18 and the oldest of the new people is 21. Very young crew, not long out of school in, in school terms. And then the other side of the coin is the, the guys that have been with us the longest, the youngest of them is 26, and then Darren and I are the oldest at 37. So we've got – there's a bit of a generation gap. There's a bit of for, – for the young guys, this is their first real job. This is their first career job. There's a bit of a teething period getting them to understand that, that they're in a career now, they're not in – they're not pulling beers and they're not at Macca's. They're in an actual career and yep. it became apparent recently that while I wasn't around, as Thomas just sort of hinted at, that the office was getting turned into a school playground, both in mucking around, so to speak, but also bitchiness and mini gangs and all the stuff that goes on at school. That's something we won't stand for and that doesn't meet our culture or our standards that we have for our business. So there was a very uh, stern chat yesterday with all involved, that um, just reaffirming what we actually stand for and what we'll accept, what we won't accept. And it's up to them now whether they take that on board and move forward or the other option, which is never a good option. But we have a habit of hiring good people and I think if you point good people in the right way and do our jobs as leaders and managers, then they should fall fall in line and and, uh, uphold the jersey. What makes you hire good people? You say you have a habit of that. You get a good sense through throughout the process whether someone's just a generally good person. Good's a very general term, but they've got to be nice. They've got to. Um, so you, you're talking more in the sense of good people in regards to that culturally that they are what you want. They're set of values. They're set of values. Yeah, yeah. They're respectful. They're. I mean, we talk about 
defining culture. The, the easiest way I've simplified it recently, and thanks to one of the greatest books I've ever read in my life, which we've mentioned on this podcast before, which is Legacy, which is all about the All Blacks. Yep. They have defined culture with the acronym HER, H-E-R, Humility, Excellence and Respect. Those are the three things that we've got to look for straight away for someone who's going to mediate culture because that's the culture we're trying to instill in the office. People who are humble, people who are striving for excellence and overall people who are respectful. They're the three things that get broken straight away that sets me off and sets my gut off to say we've got a problem here. It usually can be traced back to one of those things. So when I'm interviewing someone, when I'm getting to know someone on an opportunity day, you can just generally tell whether, you know, to use again very general terms, this is a good bloke or this is a dickhead. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes people take a chance on the dickhead because the dickhead might have a long list of uh, high skill, high skill potential to make you a lot of money. 20 years of experience in sales. 20 years of experience in sales. So you might for a minute ignore the the HER in my experience to date, which is which is limited, you know, I haven't been have, doing it for you, a long time. Have you generally liked everyone that you've hired or there's been some times where you're like, "Oh, I don't kind of like them, but they have that Every time it's been every time it's been 50-50, it's turned out badly. Yep. So you have to genuinely like them. Because yes. I, went, I went through the same thing recently as well, where I, I had someone on and I did not like him. I, there was just something about him. I couldn't pinpoint what it was. I just found her quite annoying. You know what I mean? That and might I, not be your fault and it might not be her fault. No, right? it's just so the way it is. I had this conversation with someone the other day. Someone uh, someone rang me and asked me for advice on one of their staff and, and it was a similar thing. I just don't like him. Yep. I, the way he was talking, I said, well... The decision's pretty simple because regardless of whether it's his fault or your fault, the way you're talking, you're not going to be able to overcome that. You're not going to be have a relationship moving forward because that is always going to be in your head. So yes, I feel liking the person is a bloody good start because we're in <coughs> we're in too small an environment. Like yeah. if we had a thousand employees, could you hire someone you didn't quite like? What yeah. if they're a top performer? Oh, you're just going to butt heads. Yeah. yeah, but you can put up with button heads. How do you know they're a top performer until they're in your office? I just had it. I hired someone on their skill and their resume and their strong personality and I didn't give it enough time to work out whether it was strong personality or dickhead. It was too late. By the time they'd come in, I went, oh, shit, dickhead. And, uh, you know, it was a four or five-week process to remove that from the office. But yep. that's where you've you've got to decide. I guess the question you just asked is do you – Skill trump culture, not a fucking chance in the world, man. Yep. Not a chance. I couldn't give a shit world. about skill. Seriously. No. Skill you can teach. So you can't teach someone to be a good bloke. You can help improve someone. I think you've got a line that you can only ever improve someone 20%. Yeah, yeah, but at what point do you blame yourself and go, maybe it's me and not them? All the time. Because that's the thing. Yeah, but because no, no. If, if, listen, if you begin by having the right people, Really, the blame on yourself, it's if you're a bad person, but then you wouldn't, you wouldn't even understand the need to hire good people if you're a bad person. So I don't think that. I think then the, the blame has to be on the fact that you maybe have no procedures in your office or that you really are not training the, the people. Yep. So I think that what Cameron's saying, which I agree with, the 80%, I think, of our culture problems would not happen if the first thing we look at is the quality of the person. Okay. If they have the wrong values, if they lie, man, they're going to probably subdue the need to lie for a little while until they get good. Mm-hmm. And when they get good, the lie is going to start coming out because people cannot help but be who they are. Well, okay? There's also nothing wrong with faking it till you make it. Too. I mean, saying mm-hmm. things that you need to say in order to get your way to get into yeah, the business yeah, and then mm-hmm. working it out as you come along. But this is, this is where, in itself yeah, as well. but this is where, where also the skill. quality, our skill has to be there to see yeah. really, the, what is it, the tree from the woods or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And... Separate so the forest from the trees. You, 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 ha- you have to know. You have to know, first of all, the values that you want. 
that will constitute the culture. Yep. Then I think that your job is really to look for people with those values. Mate, there's 20 million people in Australia. What you mean you can't find five people whose values are going to resonate with the values that you want, but also the business values. Yep. You know, because the business values uh, require certain things. Uh, business value requires, for example, a, a good value is a giver. So if all you have is a bunch of takers around you, mate, your business is going to die. You have to surround yourself with givers. Cam was talking about the three sets that the All Blacks have got. And you know they're saying, good people make make better better All Blacks. And the three values that they really espouse are humility, excellence, respect. So if you don't start by having humility, meaning I will always put myself below you. It doesn't matter if I succeed or if I do well, I will never do that. It doesn't matter what happens, I will never take the limelight out of you. If I was your partner or if you were around me, I'll make sure that you will always be higher than me, no matter what. That's the first thing that you have to have. Excellence doesn't mean skill. Excellent means even if you're unskilled, you do the best you you can can. with the skill you have. You get it? So there's people who are so highly skilled, but mate, they're a bunch of thieves. Then there's people who are not so skilled, but the level of excellence and commitment they have just will drive them not only to build their skills up, but then to utilize that set of skills that they have 100%. And then the last one is respect. In my books, respect is the highest. That's easy to find in an interview. As soon as they bag their old boss or... (laughs) Yeah, 100%. That's, you know... I love asking people, uh, you know, how? what what did you leave? leave? (laughs) Uh, My boss was a fuckwit. Beautiful. See you later. Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) I interviewed a bloke. I said, why real estate? He said, because I fucking hate real estate agents and I can do it better than all of you. (laughs) That was his answer. A grown man. (laughs) Righto, mate. (laughs) Talk to you later. So that's pretty easy to pick up on. Okay. Sometimes the excellence one is, is... I like the humility one, though. I heard that recently where, you know, Joko Willink? Joko Willink, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was talking about humility in one of his podcasts and saying that he would purposely put the other person down without worrying, not put them down, but put them up more than anything else. Give them the opportunity to rise more than anything because that was important to them. And I think that's important too. Like if you can show that people and you can put them there, I think the other two follow along easily. The respect comes out of that. The excellence comes out of that. With humility, we don't get in our job the 400-pound gorilla because humility in that sense says, yes, I'm doing better than everyone else, so I'm going to turn around and reach back and pull them with me and and help them in that sense. If if the humility is there, um, there's open conversations between leaders, managers, managers, staff, Mm. staff and staff. Without humility, there are none of those conversations and yeah. ego rules the world and we're yeah. all fucked. You know? Yeah, that's right. I've hired some beautiful, beautiful humans, much better people than me. Yeah. You know, Tom Ballard's and Monzies and... That's not and, hard to find. And either. all those guys, mate. No, yeah, but they are... I had a beer with Monzi over the weekend and he's still just one of the greatest blokes you've ever met in your life, skill-wise. And that was it. We hired him because, mate, geez, you're a good bloke. Yeah. And then it was my job to build their skill. Yeah. Okay, and sometimes I did okay, sometimes I failed. But, God, we've had some beautiful humans in our office. Yeah. It works for us, you know. It works for the community. It works for the reputation. Regardless of anything, everyone knows that we're good people. You know, a lot of the feedback, oh, God, you do a lot of work in the community. God, you, you go above and beyond in, in certain situations. And if you're hiring good people, they'll always go above and beyond, not only for you but for your clients as well. And then business is made. I really reckon, and we always use 80-20, man, but I, I stick to that because it's easy. So I don't know whether it's a real figure, but I truly believe that a big chunk, if it is 80, so be it. 80% of your issues in an office would not happen if you have the right people. You look at humility and it's very easy. Again, in the interview, you can ask them. You see how they are. Do you know, 
I always look at a recruit when he comes into the office. Does he say hello to my receptionist, who is probably the lowest ranking, maybe on par with a support person? Because if they're polite with them, if they've got plenty of time, if they're nice and they're smiley because they've got plenty of time for that person, chances are that's the person who's got the humility. The guy that comes in and would not even bother addressing my receptionist or being polite, I know already. Yeah. You're going to hide it from me because you're going to try to get a job. In young people. Something so wrong. is that a generational thing? So you think nah. that this generation, they're not polite? I think this generation gets to understands on how to socialise and how to meet people and greet people. I think that happens a fair bit. I say it happens a fair bit because when I see a young person that does that, then that stands out to me. Where they come in and say hi and they're, they're respectful. For me, I have some more wine. Have some more wine. It's a generational thing. You like this one? Huh? I do like this one. Huh? Can you fucking speak yeah. up? Man, this rose is quite nice, isn't it? TL thought, be a good, yeah, TL thought it'd be a good idea to get a bloke who talks lower and slower than me and let's <laughs> see who can. I, I just wanted to make sure you look good for one. <laughs> oh, mate, there's not enough. <laughs> You can't, you can't polish a turd, but you can roll it in glitter. That's what I've heard. It's terrible. <laughs> <I'd> <laughs> it's absolutely terrible. We just spoke. <laughs> disgusted. I just spoke can, can about. You, it's, <laughs> it's only the first no, bottle, I, man. You can't, bottle called? you can't do yeah, that. What's can't, it called? The Bogan. The Bogan. Yeah, yeah, okay, right well, that will be something. We're not at your bottle yet. Just wait. <laughs> Some of those, well, all of those beautiful people I just talked about that I hired were this generation. right? And something that just triggered me when... Thomas was talking about humility. Something I missed, which has just clicked to me, the gentleman that we recruited that walked out of your recruit course recently sat down in his interview and the first thing he did was rattle off all the awards he'd won over his career. And he didn't even stop to say g'day. He just said, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this. This is a 40-year-old man. Some of the best people or humans I've ever met in my life have been some of the 21-year-olds that we've hired recently or in the past. And he's a 40-year-old man who I miss. He, he rattled. And I got excited by, fuck, this guy. Yeah. Where if I was looking for humility. And what happened? He came down to the recruit course. Someone gave him a hard time and he left. So that's a good starting point, looking at that stuff. Yeah, yeah well, I, I hope that you rewarded that someone because he saved you from a lot of money and heartache. Yeah. I've tried to call him to say thanks. but <laughs> it, it does make it easier when they decide to do stuff like that, where they leave out of their own accord and that's it. Yeah, but that's, I mean, that's not what... TL's there to do either though. We got to be better at our interview skills. We got to be better at our opportunity days. We got to be better at picking all that stuff up. There's no perfect formula, so no. I mean, he's the first person I've ever had walk out of the recruit course, but he's not the first person I've had fail it, mm-hmm. and that's a burden on TL. I mean, it's not nice. I talk about how it's not nice to uh, let people go, regardless of whether they're dickheads or not. It's not a good feeling, yep. and for TL to have people come to his course who clearly shouldn't be there. And if we'd done our job better, wouldn't be there for them to then have to fail them or push them to a point where they do break because he knows he's doing doing it to save us money most of the time. I Uh, uh, I also do this to save them time. Yeah. You imagine you have the wrong person who shouldn't be doing what they're doing, do that for three months to realise it's not for them and then walk away because they've been unhappy all throughout the career. It's like your opportunity. I I think that our time in in real estate has taught us a lot of things. And so we have a job to really help people save time. It's a little bit like if I decide to become a ballet dancer, I hope that the person who's, who was coaching me would be brave enough to say, listen, Thomas, it's not for you. Looking at the way you built and maybe the way you dance, now maybe it's not for you. And I think that they would do me a favor rather than lie to me and say, oh man, if you work hard enough, you'll get there. 
I think that they have a responsibility just like we do, right? But let's go back to that culture thing. So humility is is very important, but excellence. How do we really find about excellence in people? Because a lot of people, they, as I said a bit earlier, they make the mistake and confuse excellence with skills. Skill, yeah. Right. So a guy who's been doing 20 years of carpentry does not make that guy a specialist, a master carpenter. Right. Yep. For all I know, he could be a bad carpenter who's been doing this for the last 20 years. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I find that the hardest one to pick. So I simplify it a lot. If, if we use it in the context of our opportunity day, someone goes home at five o'clock, I go, yeah, someone's still there at six o'clock because I've set them a target for the day and they're doing their best to get it. That falls into that bracket for me. And because they're seeking excellence. They're just and, trying and, to do and, the best and, they and can. Time, yeah, they're, and time is not going to stop them the from seeking. Yes. Yeah. All we ever want from people is to do the best they actually can, and that's going to be different levels for everyone. The best you can do is obviously way below what I can do, Dan, but <laughs> as long as you keep trying to achieve that, mate, you're going to go places well done. All right? But when we're trying to pick it in one day on people, it's simply that. We, we get them in at the start of the day. We say, here's a line, say it. Yep, you've said it now. Get on the phone and do it 150 times for me until you've spoken to that many people. And the ones that go, oh, what time do we knock off around here? Okay, well, you're not pursuing excellence. The ones that are there going, I don't have a key. How am I going to lock up? We go, oh, there's something in that. I've been guilty in the past of putting too much emphasis on that. And we've hired some people where one or two weeks later we've had to go, shit, we made the wrong call purely based on how hard they work on their opportunity day. That uh, One stage, that was the only criteria I had. If they stayed and they did their numbers and they were keen and didn't fuck around, you hired because you work ethic. Because I can't work ethic above most things in the job we do, especially when we're hiring for bench, when we're, when we're hiring for lead generators. The work ethic they have to have to stick at that job and do it, I can teach them how to say, oh, i just wondering if you know anyone who might be planning a move. You can't teach work ethic. But finding that balance now, now I've got to sit back and go, right, got brilliant work ethic. What else is going on? Because work ethic doesn't overcome other dramas as well. Yeah, I think that also excellent is not something that you just do with phone prospecting or when you are at a job interview. Excellent is something you do everywhere. I did a podcast with you a bit earlier this morning and I think you had an element in you to do well. But I think that you found excellence when you did the gym. I think that CrossFit brought a, an enormous amount of excellence out of you. I mean, to wake up at 4.30 and right at that 4.30 start doing the Wim Hof or whatever it is, it takes excellence. So quite often for me, that lunchtime, that break around lunchtime, when I sit down with you and I start talking about what you've done, whether you have played a sport at high competitive level or what you've done in life, and the way you tell me the story tells me whether you are a student of excellence or you're just a guy that just lives life. What about something as simple as dress code? They walk into the office and they're not dressed. That's is Absolutely. That a, that's an excellence yeah, thing, Yeah, but isn't it? I think you can teach that too because there was a stage there where I didn't dress very well. But were you doing the best you could? Or did you uh, know you weren't dressing very well and didn't care? I, I think I didn't have a clue and I thought it looked good. No, 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 but I, I, I'm sorry. You wouldn't turn up at an interview in a pair of It's very shorts. different for me because I've only worked at one place. So. No, I understand, but yeah. you still but wouldn't But I wouldn't go. Walk, up, walk up in a pair of shorts. No, that's but right. But there is a difference between, for example, if you're going to look at excellence properly and you're going to go, okay, does he really care the way he looks? And if you're really going to look specifically at that, is he wearing white socks? He just might not know. No, no, that, that is talking. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that is correct. I, I'm not talking about that. There's I, levels, though. I've had people yeah, turn up for interviews in skate shoes and, yeah. and their shirt actually untucked. Well, that's like, different, yeah. And that's not, not knowing. That's just... They might not have had that from their parents. And then they might need someone to mentor them through that on how to dress a bit better. They're not pursuing excellence. It depends on their age as well. 
Oh, you're going to hire a lot why, of people. Why are you bro? giving a lot of why? excuses? Because oh, yeah. he, he interviewed a guy yesterday. I'm very sorry. I, I'm, I'm not, you invited the wrong guest. Yeah. No, no, no. Listen, I'm you, not, here to, agree. I'm not here to agree with you no, guys. But I'm you here would, to look at it a different angle. The only reason you're saying it yeah, is because you hired a, a guy yesterday who that's interviewed. That's a trait we don't need. I don't. We don't need people to disagree with. I sit here and I go, you're right. No, 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 no. We want you to contribute and say good shit, mate. Not just do the devil's advocate. I just feel that sometimes. You hired someone yesterday that was wearing thongs, didn't you? I look at people the way they dress all the time I've noticed many times in your photos you don't hem your pants so no. you know I'm not pursuing excellence <laughs> <laughs> I look at that all the he's time he's a boss mate that's <laughs> a different thing we'll nah, talk about the culture of the boss soon we'll talk about the culture of the boss soon that's right but you know what I mean like sometimes I feel like I might look into that too much so I think it's important to we're not saying it's the be all and end all what I'm yeah. saying if we're trying to help people pick excellence we're trying to say how do we pick someone with humility excellence and and respect, respect yeah. right? If someone walks straight into your office and they're dressed to the nines, okay, bit of an indication. If someone walks into your office and they're looking a bit sloppy, here's something I've got to dig into further. Yeah, fair enough. It's an indication. Yeah, it, yeah, that it's doesn't a, mean it doesn't mean, mean you're out. It's an nah, indication. 100%, yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. 100% doesn't mean you're out. Yeah. I interviewed a guy in the last round of recruiting that was. He had to be 170 kilos. Bloke was clearly doing his best to tuck his shirt in, but it was still. It wasn't going to happen. Buttons were still under stress and things were going on there that clearly were out of his control. And I'm not saying because he looks like that he doesn't have the job. That guy actually was pursuing actually. He was doing the best he could, 100% in that interview. And when he left, I'm like, fuck, I can't give him a job for other reasons, but he's doing the best he can, that guy, so maybe I can help him elsewhere and find him work somewhere else. That's the, the difference. It's not a black and white, fuck, they're wearing the wrong shoes. I only bought a pair of RMs a month ago, mate. Before that, I was wearing $100 shoes from Lowe's. Williams, actually. Hush puppies. So, yeah, it's an indication. Recruiting's not an exact science. It's never going to be an exact science. So what triggers and what indications are we looking for to dig a little bit deeper? That's what it was about. Yeah, so, fair enough. Right, right. So shut up. So recruiting is one way for you to, to make sure you've got the right culture. But what do you do now? I'm going back to my question. What are you going to do now to make sure... So, yes, okay, you've recruited some good people. But there will be time now where you're going to be in Barara. Yes, then when you're not in Barara and look after something in Carrion, yes. maybe the Barara office is going to start playing out. Yep. So what have you got in store to make sure that the culture is right, whether you're there or not? I don't want to use the word hope, but I'm going to use it. I would hope that the culture we've instilled within the core group, the guys that have been there for a lot longer now, are in a position where they will protect the jersey. I talk a lot about jerseys and that's how I sort of explained it to the team yesterday. They'll protect the jersey and they'll have the respect for the jersey that if stuff's going wrong, they can, they've been given permission to handle it themselves or if they can't handle it themselves, they can come to me or find me or find Chad and we'll deal with it. But the so foundation, you, it's the foundation. So what you're saying is that in each office, you will have people you can trust yes. to oversee. 100%. I guess. 100%. The other thing I will be doing is I'll be present. I won't be there all the time, but I'll be there. As a leader, we have to be present. Otherwise, even even the guys that you trust, in the end, it's still up to you. You uphold the culture with them. So yeah. we have to be around. I mean, you were on the planning meeting the other day. I'm going to be in Brow certain days. I'm going to be in yeah. on other days. If there is ever an issue, I'm on the first plane to get there and solve it. But I'm very proud of the fact that we do have a core group there now that I trust. They've given me no reason not to. I mean, carry-on's easy because my wife's there and she's got a vested interest in upholding that culture and making sure that our livelihoods are protected. But I can honestly say that with Darren and Elle, 
I, I believe they have a vested interest now. They feel an emotional attachment to our livelihood and the business as well, I feel like. So you can kind of leave them in charge and say, hey, look, you're in charge while I'm away. I would uphold that culture. I don't think that you even have to say it. I went for a Christmas party with your team last month. And I have to say, yeah, Ellie and Darren have got an amazing sense of accountability and that kind of feeling that the team is there. Ownership. Almost. Ownership. Not, yeah, they yeah. have that sense of ownership, yeah. yeah. And so you don't even have to tell them what they need to be doing. They will just That's do nice. it naturally, isn't yeah. it? I missed a training session earlier in the week, which I shouldn't have done, but I did. It was late. And Darren, Did you shout them lunch? Darren stepped straight up, and I hope you shout them lunch. We find we have that with Mitchell a lot in the press. Yeah, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. The team is listening ownership to this. Ownership of the business, mm-hmm. right? Ownership of the business. Yeah. I want them to own business because in the end, even though the business, not even though the business is my golden egg, right? And the business is Chad's golden egg and it's Crystal's golden egg. But you know who else's golden egg it is? Every staff member that we employ because they can make so, they can set themselves up for ever and a day with that business. Yep. Right? Now, if the business crumbles because of poor culture, they lose just as much as we lose. Yeah, but that's in itself is a point of culture. 100%. Right? For, for the team to really accept that, it's, it's a culture that you have put into them. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, when we look... Would you say it's something that you've created that way or it's just because of the way you are, it just ends up being that way? Like, because sometimes I think it's just natural, isn't it? Nah, well, no, it's yeah. not so natural, mate. You have a look. That's why That's why real estate is such a revolving door because it's doggy dog. I'd like yeah. to think that I created it, mate, and that might be ego or whatever, but... Yeah, it doesn't just happen, a, man. Put a lot of time into being extremely transparent yeah. involving sometimes too much involving people in a lot of decision making process yeah. being very open in the decisions I'm making why I'm making them feeling the staff out for advice on different bits and pieces before things go in a certain direction we spoke in the last podcast sharing the figures with them so they know exactly what money's coming in and exactly what money's going out giving them permission to make decisions giving the whole office permission to tell each other to pull their heads in if, if someone's stepping out of line i really want people to own the jersey we're a team we're a team we wear a jersey we're gonna have fucking pride in that jersey because that jersey is going to carry us all. And, you know, with the guys that are still with us and even some of the guys that are left, they're still wearing the jersey, mate. Like I said, I had a beer with one of them over the weekend. He's still wearing our jersey. He's still one of us. He's just not employed by us anymore. He's off doing his own thing. So I like to think I've created it. We've created it. When you sit back and go, oh, and you see glimpses and you go, fuck yeah, we've got a soldier there that's, that's not going to let us down. And now it's their opportunity and their job of, of bestowed on them to make sure the other soldiers fucking fall in line. When, when so to there. go back to what Daniel was saying, I think that the culture is what you as a leader live. You can have a set of culture that you say, all right, here's a textbook. I need this. I need humility. I need excellence. I need respect. But if you're not humble yourself, you won't have it. If you don't have respect, you won't have it. So you as a leader, I think, have to leave it first. I don't believe it's the amount of time that you're around your team, but when you're around your team, you have to be consistent in your set of values. And, and that's very crucial. And especially when you have two offices, your time is already cut in half. Ken's probably going to be listing on this side and, and, and the carry-on side, so he's going to be pretty busy. But when he walks into the team, the vocabulary he uses will set the culture. The action he does. By action, that doesn't mean, well, he's going to talk to them and tell them what to do. No, no, what does he do? If you don't go beyond what you need to be doing, then chances are you'll never get excellence for your team members. We talk about canny, so the constant never-ending pursuit yeah. of improvement. Can I? Can I? Can yeah. I? Yep. I 
have added to that for our own philosophy for, for the business I want to create and with the staff and it's a constant never-ending pursuit of excellence. Just always never stopping trying to be the best you can, trying to be better. It's worked where if things are slipping or I notice something, I go, all I've got to say is, are we pursuing excellence there? That's the line. It's the to go, righto. It's the same as saying, did you do your best? We spoke at the start of the year with our guys about when I showed them the figures. Now, if everyone actually just met their best and everyone's best is different, these figures would be here, okay, for the next year and this is where I expect them to be. And then after the first day, people ring me with their results. Some, I could tell, had done their best. Some were a bit under. Did you do your best? And you could hear the on the other end of the phone. And the next day, numbers fucking through the roof and, and, and that's how you start. Give everyone that mindset. Have everyone's back. I mean, we've got an unblemished record in our business. If someone's in trouble, we fucking do everything we can to save them. If someone's down, we do everything we can to pick them up. And it's in many different forms because there's many different generations, whether it be financial or physical or or whatever. No one in our business can say that, fuck, they don't have our back and they wouldn't do anything for us. And because of that, I think we've got a bunch of definitely a core group of people who would do exactly the same for us and have shown that they would. So. I think so, we're going on Cameron tonight. Yeah, I think we're going on Cameron now. So I've got Cameron, I want to throw at you, about but we need to open this one. Yeah, first, yeah, you so can right? throw it at me afterwards. I'm throw mate. it at you, bro. Yeah, good on you. you. Can't catch you not an athlete. <laughs> now I'm outraged. It's Scott Morrison's fault. <laughs> Last week I bought a 2011 Seller Age Simillion from. How do we have we worked out how to pronounce Julius yet? Did Julius? Julius is okay. <laughs> And off-air, I noticed they only did it off-air. There was a lot of false accusations being thrown around that I might have spent more than the $50 required because the wine was so good. And what did I do today? Well, I went to a bottle shop near me and stumbled across a 2011 Cellar Age Simillion from the same wine region, the Hunter Valley, mm -hmm. from Mount Pleasant, a different different winery to the one I can't pronounce. McWilliams? $22, mate. And as the uh, attendant said to me, mate, you're getting that for a steal. That's probably why they've gone into administration. <laughs> so this is a Mount Pleasant Elizabeth Simillion 2011 seller age from the Hunter Valley. That's Mount Pleasant is owned by the McWilliam family, who I've just been informed are going into administration and gone yep. broke. Um, so that name will never disappear, man. Yeah, well, hopefully this wine doesn't disappear. Obviously McWilliam will, but how did that go pear-shaped have you got any more knowledge on that because they're Probably one of the culture. biggest <laughs> no 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 it's, listen, one, it's, one, it's one of the if, if it's not it's the oldest house probably in a hunter valley yeah, so. but the the culture did not change which is a very good point because culture must also change the culture of 2003 when i first met you cannot be the same culture as today no. you know things have to change but the, I think that's does the culture have the same foundations though? Does the, does the foundations of that culture change? Like in so we're in two thousand and twenty and two thousand and thirty. Are we going to be saying that her no longer is relevant? No, but I, I think that her are the top three. You will see that they have another set of like a dozen that is yeah. changing constantly, right? We don't. So they have the foundation. They have the pillars. The yeah. yeah, they have the pillars, but that doesn't mean that the the first floor, the second floor, doesn't change every now and then. Let's test this thing out. Ooh, All right, let's baby. test it. I, I like the color already, Cheers, man. Boys. I like the color. Cheers, Cheers. mate. Cheers. Cheers. He, does, he doesn't look in the eye, does no, he? I've only learned. It's like he does. Cheers. He looks at his wine. He's more interested in his him, wine. Mate. Doesn't look that's at people true. in the eye. I looked at you. Right, I'll, I'll do it again. Have right. a look. Cheers, Cheers mate. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's sex on legs. It is true. It's nice. I don't believe it's twenty-two dollars, but it's nice. We have to be careful because if we're cheating, guys, I can do that too. And there was Google it. 
I'm thinking what I'll do is I'll go back because they had a one wine rack full yeah. of it. There's probably 20 bottles, and that is it? I'm scared that if they're going broke, that might be the end of it. So we'll uh, we might go on. Yeah, you, I think we mates, right? So if well, <laughs> so you better let me know. <laughs> oh, when it comes on to the wine, culture, mate. No <laughs> <laughs> I bought an extra bottle to replace the one I took last. No, I'm week talking about like let, let me buy some of yeah, those. Well, on that rack. <laughs> there won't be. A, there'll only be a, a 20% markup, mate. Profit. Business, culture. Mm. Culture again. So let me throw something at you. Yeah. I'm just going to play devil's advocate because up until now. I thought it was Daniel's job. Well, up until now, I've completely agreed with everything you've said. One of our biggest things and one of our 15 life qualities is association. And we've learned and heard in many, many seminars, protect your association at all costs. Yeah. So what if putting up that wall is the mechanism for protecting your association and that's how they're seeing it. I can't let that any toxicity seep into my environment because association is... Yeah. We all agree that association is one of the most important things in life, yeah? The, the most important. Yeah, the most important thing. So throw that into the mix with not isolating yourself from people you think are doing you harm. What, in the Wisebury culture? Just in, well, no, in, it in, can be anything. In life, yeah. but in the, in the instance that we're talking about, people putting up walls because they think someone else in the brand is doing them harm. Yeah. Where is it okay to protect your association in that instance and where is it not? Yeah. Is it harm or is it misunderstanding? Or is it a sense of I've been wronged? Yeah. Okay. Perception so is reality, right? So in, if, their perce- no. if their perception is they're being harmed... No, that's what lousy people do. I think that great people make sure that their perception is as close as to reality as possible. And this is why, I mean, I, I am often implicated into a lot of crap. But you know what I do? I always try to listen to both sides. When I listen to both sides, then as a bigger person, I can really sit down and have a look at whether one has wronged the other person. I think that association is, if it is your enemy, I understand. But if it is from someone you you're okay with, and through a misunderstanding, you're now starting to think differently. I'm sorry, you can't do it that way. It's a little bit like, you know, I've had my disagreement with my children. Does that make me then say, do you know what? That's bad association. I don't want that. No. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I so a lot of us, we, we use these things to fit the, the way that we think. But you know what? It doesn't matter how much logic you put into things. If you start on the wrong basis, it's wrong. And also having an understanding of everyone at the end of the day. You're different in the way I think, and you're different in the way I think. Just because we think differently doesn't mean it's right or wrong. No. But if I have an understanding of that and it doesn't affect me, it doesn't mean it shouldn't associate with you or should associate with you or not. Right. You know what I mean? Like I found myself before in the past, say goodbye to a lot of friends, which I could still be friends with now, but they weren't bad people. Just had a difference of opinion, like guns Very in America. Of opinion, yeah. 100%. I could have learned a lot from that person. Mm. I could have been wise about it, but I didn't. So I think you have to be very careful in regards to that. In if, yeah. Sorry, okay. You're all right. No, go. No, no, you go, you go. Finish your point. No, it's all right. I Finish your now. point. I forgot yeah. now. I spoke over I'm sorry, buddy. Yeah, I did. No. I apologise. I hope you don't disassociate from me. No, I won't. Anyways, I don't so, know how we got really into this, but let, let's go back to now an office that needs to have that culture. So let's imagine now, I, I get that. I hear that you're saying you will have people that you trust in each of these offices. What I was going to say was if, so along the same lines of association, along what, are you going back there, man? Sort of what Dan was saying. <laughs> I just wanted to finish off. If it was your family, mm-hmm. right, you give them 497 million chances before you may even consider cutting them off, yes or no? Like your daughter. If it was my, fa- if it was my daughter, I'll give her an infinite Yeah, well, I, I picked a big number, yeah. right? If we're all wearing the same jersey, we need to 
potentially put more effort into trying to either save, remedy or maintain that association, yeah? We can't cut people off as quickly as we I might. don't think it's just about the jersey. I think that we are all wearing the same jersey. We we human beings, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, I, you know, I, I have sat down with people who had nothing to do with my jersey, but I still try my best to help them become a better person. I think that the minute that you go there, that's the minute that you say that your virtues have got real small limits. Let's put it this way. I'm not religious, even though in my younger days I used to go to church every Sunday around six o'clock because at six o'clock I could see people who were real, the givers. At six o'clock in the morning, the priest was just talking to three or four of us. And I say I'm not religious. And yet I meet a lot of people who say I'm religious. I will do what's right. And I don't want to get into too much into religion. Some of these people are into religion. And then they walk out and they have totally different rules. I disagree with you, so screw you. I'll fuck you. I'll do this. And then they put their religious jersey on and it's perfect. And please God, please God, forgive me as I forgive others. Are you serious? Why am I going to that extreme? Is that, listen, it's fantastic to talk all the crap. Are you an agent of change? Are you who you are? We talk about culture being who we are so that the office can be what we espouse it to be because there's no point being at home who we are and then going to the office and exude a totally different set of virtues that shows that, you know, we're a totally different person because you'll become schizophrenic, yeah. right? So or what, Gemini. We, what we want to do is to create a business family with the same virtue as we have our own family, or as close as possible. Makes life much easier. Absolutely. <laughs> Personally, mate, I've been listening to you now for the last 20 minutes. I don't know where you're getting at, but I'm all I'm saying is, no, that's that's not the, the kind of guy that's got virtues. To me, that's the kind of guy that's got insulation. That's the kind of guy that's got, this is my rule, this is how I do it, and then he will die by his own swords. I do believe that people like that will probably suffer the same fate, but inside their own walls. So the foresight needs to be, again, going back, we're all in this together, so lift each other up and understand the bigger picture. The situations we're talking about, it's people stuck in a, in a chasm, in a bubble, and isolating it. If the culture was to pick everybody up, not just pick and choose who we pick up, if your only motivation is money or if your only motivation is success or if your motivation is only doing the best by your family, 26 officers helping to do the best by your family is only going to benefit them, yes? And that's where people are a bit short-sighted, I feel. Yeah. So. Anyway, I just want to go back to your office because we were talking on the real culture. So let's imagine you have those two people, one in each office. And I know you're going to have your wife in one of the offices yes. and probably I would say Darren in the other office. Mm-hmm. I know Ellie is going to probably be in the one in Carrier. Yes. So what if they're not around? How are you going to make sure that the culture is still right? Uh, as far as a writable plan, there isn't one. However, again, use the word hope. If the culture that we expect and the culture that we've instilled and not just in those three guys that have been there for a while that they'll expect out of everyone who steps foot inside our door is there, then the odds are in our favour of it not being an issue. The odds of five people going off the rails altogether, hopefully someone's got the balls, the nouse, the fucking initiative to step up and, and nip that in the butt or at least Sometimes go. it's not the balls. Sometimes you become so much of a friend you don't want to dump <laughs> someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Not even dump. Person, right? Just or have the initiative to go your own way. I've worked in a situation where I didn't like the culture and didn't get along with most of the people in the office, so I sat in my corner and I went to fucking work. 
Now, if there's five people in the office who aren't upholding culture and everyone says, well, I don't like their culture, so I'm just going to sit here and go to work in my own bubble and not involve myself, if everyone does that, chances are we'll be okay. I know that's not a fail-safe plan, and, but that's what we've got at the moment. I've got a core group of people who I trust with my jersey. I've got five new people who I trust with the jersey to a point, not to a point where I... The jersey or the pen? Hey, The pen. <laughs> <laughs> And it's up to, and that was the conversation yesterday. It's up to everyone to wear the, the jersey with the same pride and have the same and respect. And keep their pen in the pocket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it is a hard thing to control, though. It is a hope. There's everything. You could do everything right, but still, you don't know at the end of the day. I, they, thought they, I'd already, I thought I'd already instilled. So you're right, because me being fucking, I'm fucking awesome, I thought I'd instilled that culture with one yeah. conversation at the start of the year. Yeah. Right? You look at our uh, production from the first week of the year to last last yeah. week so we've only been in two weeks the inmates all brought themselves down and every one of them to a fault fell way below their achievements from the week before yep. one thing we haven't spoken about is that environment will over always overcome will so it doesn't matter to i guess i've got to go back on what i just said it doesn't matter if one person chooses to insulate himself from the other guys not upholding culture at some point that's going to feed into that person no matter how strong they are absolutely so also finding the person who's kind of like the ring like, for example, with Preston's Mitchell's, everyone loves Mitchell. Yeah. That guy. So I know if I leave, whatever Mitchell does, everyone will do. Fuck, they're all going to be Roosters supporters, mate. <laughs> Not a chance. But if I give Mitchell the responsibility and he wants responsibility to look after the office while we're away, Mitchell takes it on board quite well. So he'll go to Picton? If I ask Mitchell to go to Picton, he'll be there in a heartbeat. I asked Mitchell the other week to... No, 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 no. So he'll go to Picton just for a few days while you're away and then he'll go back to Preston when you're back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So when he goes to Picton, what happened to Preston? Well, if Michael's there, Michael's there. But if Michael's not there, it's, it's, yeah, it's like Mark no. or someone else. I know what you're saying. Yeah, I get what you're saying. So, so I, what I'm, I'm trying to say is what is that one thing that you need to have to make sure that the culture at least is heading somewhere, whether there is someone in there or not? Yeah. Consistency. and if Consistency uh, from whom? Everybody. But the leader. I, the I, listen, I'm going to give it to you, right? I think you need a procedure manual. Okay. Nobody should be driving a car unless they know, Same unless they know the, the rules. Oh, ins Correct? Instructions are for pussies. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, you Just need put to put the flat pack together, yeah, mate. It'll go. Why have I got ten screws left over? <laughs> you need to at least know the rules. Correct or not? Yes. Here's the question. Then I ask a lot of our people: When was the last time you got your team to pass an exam on your procedure yeah. manual? Because a lot of our troubles or arguments are always, no, that was my buyer, or I did this. No, I didn't steal it from you. Mm. That was my contact. But what if everybody was to pass the test? Mm. It takes the grey area out of any arguments. Yeah, because people don't want to be punished. People don't want to take a buyout and found out that afterwards they were not entitled to that. So what if they knew that? Mm. And so I think for your business yeah. in both of those offices to go well, make sure they all know the procedure manual. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I said to you the other day, we're extremely lacking in that department. It's something we're on because a lot of the arguments, if there are going to be any, there's a lot of grey area around them. No, I think this or I think this. You can cut out all the think by having the instruction manual there. Did you do it to the manual or not? Yes or no? End of discussion. Save yourself a lot of heartache. And it also gives those guys who are going to take a senior role the leverage in my absence or in, in leadership's absence to go, mate, here's the book. That's what it says. It's not me telling you. There's a fucking procedure manual. So, yeah, get on to it. 
And it happens in every kind of offices. We talk about the procedure manuals, like some of us do have procedure manuals, but because they're not tested, nobody really follows the procedure. It becomes almost one of those obsolete books that you never read anyway. It'd make life a whole lot easier instead of so much bloody training and having to explain Wait, everything. Darren, can you just read this? Please? Darren Butcher gets them an exam. Dan Butcher's make sure that all his new people actually pass an exam on the manuals. His procedure manual is 1,200 pages long. Yeah, I, so. I get that. It's bigger than the Bible. <laughs> However, it, it, he's working on it, man. <laughs> my my, my uh, bi- biography of Winston Churchill turned up during the week. That's something oh, yeah? that changed. Yeah, 1,024 pages. <laughs> wow. it's, it's still sitting on the bench. I, I prefer the pictures. Listen, I forgot the books. I've been reading a book lately, like on Kindles, and I've been spending hours and hours on the book. It just told me this morning I was still on 25%. Oh, fuck, isn't it? (laughs) One of my favourite books of all time is The Success Principles, and I had to listen to it because in audio form it's 26 hours in audio of someone reading it. (laughs) Oh, man, one one of my favourite books is A Course in Miracles, 1,200 pages, 1,200-something pages. I'm like, I want to learn more about Winston Churchill and it turned up in a fucking crate like this. <laughs> My wife took one look and goes, not happening. Don't you, don't you doubt me. Mate, I read for an hour because the other thing about the 1,024 pages is the writing is as small as the description on this bottle of wine and uh, I read for an hour and I'm four pages in. So, yeah, well done, yeah. idiot. He was born in 1874, I've learned. I'm done. <laughs> Listen, when it comes to culture... I have to tell you, boys, I'm very pedantic on culture, but it also has got different degrees. Nah, man, See, he, he's a newie, mate. He's You're a newie. You get that? He's a newie. You're pathetic. Best be ringing Mitchell and saying, mate, <laughs> handing you the keys. <laughs> are we allowed to have toilet breaks? We are allowed to have toilet breaks. You all right? Do you have to go and vomit somewhere? Or? No, okay. <laughs> I drink your boys under the table. Oh, yeah, okay. Mate, we're, okay, we're right, at a no. table. All right, just <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're at a table. How was the piss break, mate? Good. It was good. I feel yeah. better now. Do you sit down? No, no. I stand up. <laughs> Make sure it doesn't get wet. That's all. <laughs> all right, maybe it's too too descriptive, boys. Because right, uh, <laughs> you run like a girl and you sit down to pee. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he was just. <laughs> You're just trying to tell us you didn't have much to say because you don't know no, much no, what about culture. What I'm saying is, is that I'm probably not keeping up with you guys, but what I'm saying is that... You're keeping me, up with What I'm saying is that culture just comes naturally to us. You're asking about me, Jason, Michael and Alex. Everyone has their own culture and it's right. based off their values, right? Well, we act the way we are because of who we are and that's it. And then people either join our culture or they don't. So now, whether that's right or wrong, I don't know. But people end up joining our culture, I've found every single time. Uh, you know, we've had Mitchell, Mark, Aaron, Antoinette property management team, they've all joined our culture. We've got no one that steps out of line in our so office. I don't feel they do anyway. You mentioned before that you got great faith in Mitchell. Yeah. What have you done to instill that in him? What have you done for him to protect your jersey? Honestly, I, I just feel that we've always had a clear, open line between each other. You know, we've always spoken properly to each other. We've, we've helped him out on things that were personal as well, outside of work. We've invited him to things to be part of our culture. Honestly, the way we are at work is the way we are at home. There's no so, difference. So do, do, do you have salespeople who are not maybe like that? Yeah, but they don't last long. So does it mean that we're going to build a revolving door until... No, but we have people who've been with us for a long time too. Do you it, treat it, them might be, it might be the fact that it's just a natural selection for them, you know, for us. Uh, I understand. I mean? So I think that this is why uh, the point of culture is very simple. Like, you you know, someone who's got 30 people like Darren Butcher. Yep. 
can have a culture. Now, whatever culture there is, but can have a culture so that 30 people can still move forward as one. Yeah. So right? do you treat everyone like family or just the ones you like? No, we treat everyone like family. Right. 100%. There's no one that's He's saying now. that because of the podcast. Bro. No, no, I'm yeah, not saying I, because of the podcast. You shouldn't ask him treat, shit like this. We treat actually. everyone like family. Look, I went through a no, transition. No, well, you said some people... I went through a transition where I opened up my new office. And yeah, where, he could give I a spoke, shit about I spoke, to about, uh, spoke about it before where I didn't treat people like the way I was treating people in Preston's. You know Why what not? I mean? Because it's just, it just wasn't in me. I didn't feel it. You're going to hang out with those people all day and you're going to pay those people uh, 100%, away. 100%, I agree with you. I'm not disagreeing with you. So I just had that feeling where I didn't have that connection with them. You had to and shake the cobwebs. So why'd you hire them? <laughs> Sorry? Why'd you hire them? Because I thought they were good at the time. No, you just want someone to prospect for you and you'd take whoever it was. Yeah, that's true. So you're true. saying that you were going for skill, not her. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, it was mainly based on skill. And so I thought, okay, well, if I have numbers and people making phone calls for me, then I'm, it takes away a little bit of what I have to do in regards to that as well. You're and it gets me out to more doors. <laughs> uh, not lazy. It's just trying to work smarter. And through that, I found... Me personally, that I at the time in this first part, which I spoke openly to you about it before in the other podcast, was that I wasn't treating them like the way they should be treated. And so then I learned that okay, in order for me to get people to perform, I needed to become go along the ride with me, not hey, nice. this is what you do, you just do the job and that's it. It doesn't work that way. I've learned that in the short time that I've been running this business here. For me, it's to be who you are outside of work and inside work. Like I said before, I would treat my family different to what I would treat my employees. And I was doing that in Picton. But now I'm learning to treat my employees the same way I treat my family. Yeah. You guys have got such a powerful energy there where you got mum and dad involved, you got three brothers involved. Like I Sister. Talk, yeah, sister. You know, I talk about my wife working in the office. It's two of us yeah. treating people like our family. The pull, the energy that you guys and the culture that you guys can create by involving people in that, mate, is far and beyond what a lot of people have access to. Well, I don't understand it because I fucking can't stand hanging out with you. But yeah. if you treated every single person that come across your paths like they were one of the Montes, mate, yeah. you guys would be unstoppable. Yeah, and which and we do. And you know what? I've learned a lot from Michael and Alex and the way they do things as well because they really get people involved in that sense as well. You know what I mean? Where me and Jason are a little bit different in that sense. Uh, Jason a bit better than what I am, but myself, it's kind of, it wasn't like that. Well, then don't hire him. You don't want him to be part of your family, don't hire him. No, nah, but yeah, I get you. I have to like him, but sometimes it's kind of like I have to go further. I have to like him, but then I, I didn't say like him. him. I said if you don't want them to be part of your family, right? There's people I like, won't invite them to my house, Yeah. right? When we're hiring people and we're working in such a confined space and, and mm. small business, it is family. Mm. First thing we say to any new recruits, you are now part of our family. We will do everything to have your back and do everything by you. Yep. You abide by the culture. You yep. take part in the culture and everything's going to be rose. But we use that word family. So it's not about, you, you said, do you need to like the person? It's more than do you need to like the person. Same you have bit. to be happy to have them part of your family because yeah, your work, especially in your business, especially when every single member of your family is involved in the business, your business is your family. Yep. I'm sure you see Mitchell as a little brother or, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, Mitchell, Mark, 100%, Aaron, yeah. It's got to be every them, yeah. single person Eden. you put on, mate, until yeah. they break that culture. You take them in as that, they yeah. don't have to earn their way in. You've employed them, so they're in. But it's also if understanding they, that they, they're not that at the same time, so there would be decisions that they make where you put yourself in their shoes that you would probably make similar decisions as well. So it's understanding that too. That's hard. You can get that over time though, like I say about the core group we've got. The, the senior guys there are now making decisions based on family and what's best for the, the group. 
you know, they don't have to earn that. We have to earn that yep. from them, yep. for them. We have to actually – it's all right me saying you're now part of the family and I've got your back. Until you show it, why would they have your back and why wouldn't they well, be thinking Well, I guess that's why then you could leave your office alone and they will do that for you anyway because you've shown that to them. To going back to what we were talking about before. So listen, guys, the most important person in the culture topic is the leader, right? Yes. What do you think we have to do as leaders of each of our businesses – in order to make sure we not only strengthen our culture, but also improve our culture. Because we the lawmakers, we also the police. But because things change, culture changes. So what should we be doing in order to make sure that that culture is always keeping up with the times? We have to be doing everything we expect of them. I think we achieve their goals as well. Right. I keep referring back to Michael and Aaron, but I've seen that in Aaron. You saw Aaron's acceptance speech. He's all about Michael. Michael helped him get there. You know, do you think Aaron would do anything bad by Michael when Michael's not there? No. But did Michael do what he said he was going to do and did Michael lead from the front and did Michael not ask anything of Aaron that he wasn't willing to do himself? Very sure that he did. Yeah. yeah. If we want our officers to be her, we have to be her. We have to be humble. We have to pursue excellence and we have to show respect. Yep. We have to do what we say we're going to do. We have to not ask people to do things that we're not willing to do ourselves. We have to breed a culture of stab me in the gut, not in the back, which is another one from the All Blacks. We have to breed that open transparency. If we're not doing it, who the fuck are we to expect them to do it? Yeah, that's the. What big was that thing from the All Blacks? Stab me in the what? Stab me in the stab gut, in the not in the back. If you're going to stab me, say it to my face. Yeah, don't say. Which it is one thing back. I think we have quite well with our family. We tell everything straightforward to each other. We argue. We fight. Yeah, but that's your family. No, we're, we're talking, talking about, about your business. Your business, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, it all relates If you're going to tell the team to turn up to training at 8 o'clock in the morning when they don't start work till 8.45, you better be fucking there at 8 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. No, be there at 7. Yeah. Well, you best be there for the start of training. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah? Mm. yeah. So we need, as a leader, we need to improve. We yes. need to get better. We have to be the culture. Because of that element in her that is excellent. Excellent is is not sitting down and accepting that today's standard is great. It's to accept that today's standard can never be better than tomorrow. Therefore, tomorrow's standard has to take us to the next level. It's actually not we have to be the culture. It's we are the culture. Because whether you're doing it or you're not doing it, that's the culture you're going to have in your office. Yeah, so I like that. I that's like the that. realisation that where we the, are the culture. Where the hell did that come from? Must be I'm the white, mate. Here. It must be the white. Just sitting here thinking. We don't I, have to I like that uh, Simeon, man. That, that Simeon must be giving it. We don't have to be it. We already are it because I'll just copy whatever you're doing. What if now my culture is very different to what I want the business to have? What if I was a greedy bastard who is always about me, me, me and selfish and want more? When the team's starting to do well, I have to change rules because I want more. Or when things happen, I always think about how do I get more out of this? What happens? What happens if my culture is not really embracing the culture that the organization has? Well, obviously you, your individual business struggles, but I guess the question is for the leaders of the How do I change? Yeah, but are you saying the culture is, okay, the, the culture I want, that's I want there the at the moment, is it doing well for the business or not doing well for the business? Uh, no, if the, you're greedy and changing everything, obviously your business is going to be fucked. But if it's not meeting the culture of the organisation, then I guess the question goes to someone like you, what do you do when someone's culture is against the organisation? The organisation's culture, not against no, the No, so for example, you, you are the business owner of two shows. Yes. Okay? And you too, Daniel. Yep. You want people... I thought your brothers owned it, no? no okay. Sorry. I thought you were working for them, that's right. You're not working for Jason? <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
Like, you're, not, you're not that big like yours. You're, <laughs> not, a, you're not a bench. You know, I've got a new name for you, Big Red. They call me Big Dog, mate. That's all right. Big Red, Big Red's later. Red Rocket. <laughs> so, what what if you want your organization to be an agent of change and to be givers, but you're not? Can't happen. You can't be a taker and expect to breed givers. Okay, so what if one of my biggest traits is that I'm selfish, I'm greedy, I want more? Are you saying that I can never build a business where the culture is give? Yes, that's what I'm saying. What do you say? If well, say if your yours is about taking and. And you want the business to be givers. We've just all agreed that we are the culture and we are the leaders and we're responsible for the culture. So if your culture is greed and give me more, 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 that's what you're going to get. Yeah, but to say otherwise is to say that all that other shit... turn it around and say, well, I'm going to get you to strive more, to be more, and that's what I want. Like, you could change your mindset around that. Couldn't you do that? So words and actions. Your actions yeah. say greedy, selfish, I'm going to do whatever is in my best well, interest. Okay, well, but you're going to say to your team... Make sure you look after everybody else. I'm not going to look after you, but you make sure you look after well, everybody else. There has to be some else. form of change, 100%. Yeah. If you are the way you are, greed is one of your things. Can't you work your way around that? Because no, if it's one no, of I'm asking you the question, so you should, <laughs> you should ask me the question I'm asking you. Yeah. So how do we do it? Because not every business owners are givers. You have business owners who are givers, for sure. Well, you have business owners who are takers. So does it mean that business owners who are takers don't do well? Of course they do well. No, well, they, as long as they understand that they're going to get what they give, so be prepared for high turnover and, and mediocre performance. I mean, mediocre performance can still mean hundreds of thousands of dollars in your pocket, depending on what suburb you're in, in real estate. Yeah, no, I, th I think that you said it on in your first line. I don't think they'll do well. I think that they will have to expect high turnovers. Because as soon they as someone, you, even if a greedy person develops a high performer, that high performer either follows that trait or has half a brain. As soon as they work out they're good, they're like, they're going to go to you and go, right, I want this, this, this and this, or they're going to go, fuck offski yep. and do their own thing. I can't see a way someone with those traits as their, their highest values can ever be successful or might be really, really successful, but they're going to work till they're 80 because they're going to be working. Oh, absolutely. Life. Yeah. Because they'll might take, make, they'll take, they'll take yeah. until the person wakes up and say, listen, enough well, taken, mate. Well, they might make millions of dollars, but it's going to be on their own. Yeah. Because everything's for them. So do you think a person like that can change? I'm sorry? You think a person like that can change? Yeah. Uh, everyone can change. I truly believe that everyone can change. I mean, I read a book a long time ago, I think by, is it David Hawkins, I think, who said people can hardly change more than 10% of what they were born with. I truly believe that you can change more, but sometimes some of those big changes happens from a shock. I still remember before my brother's leukemia, I, I was the kind of guy that thought, you know, success equals happiness. If you work hard and, and you make money, you're happy. The more money I made, the <laughs> the more I spent and I didn't see much change in my happiness. And when my brothers had leukemia, that totally changed me. It gave me a huge shock. It was like a jolt to my body where I had to really reestablish all my values. And that's when I realized that, that no, 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 no. Happiness is about what you do with people. Success or money is about what you have or what you think you have it because it's only perception of what you have. And so I moved from money to time with people, making a difference to people. And that totally changed my life. And so just that single experience of leukemia had changed my entire thinking. So, yes, we can change. I mean, you've seen Mr. Noble yeah, but you, change. You, 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 had, you had a big change in your life. 
What if someone never goes through the whole life and they don't get that big thing like leukemia you had with your brother and you don't change? I, but, I, you wanna, but you want to run a team like that. So I you're saying that you only need something like that to happen in your no, life No, I, I think that you can try and change, but if it is a big trait, maybe you never get to change that unless you have a big shot. This is what I think. A taker, a greedy bastard, will <laughs> remain a greedy bastard for the rest of his life until he has a huge shock in his life. The pain absolutely. has to be, pain has oh, to be greater. Absolutely. That's what you know, yeah. when, when, when let, let's say that you know, through his greediness, one of his child dies because of that. He'll change. That would change it. He'll change well, what I was away. trying to say before was, can't you make it work for you in a way? Like, isn't there a way you could no, make it you work can't. for you? you can't. No, you can't. You, wh- whatever you are will create the business you get. Okay. So a, a person who's a taker can only be surrounded by a bunch of people who are just scared of living. Therefore, they'll be okay of being around the takers because the, the givers who are strong or who are going to grow to becoming strong will walk away from the taker sooner or later. And, exa- and, and so it's a time, the taker doesn't have to have a dramatic thing happen in their life. It could be just a click where they go, okay, well. Or no, yeah, really. I don't believe it, man. So <laughs> if, you, if you came across someone who was a taker and they wanted to run a business, you wouldn't take them on? I didn't say I wouldn't take them on, but because my inner belief is that I can change anyone. Okay. I'll take them on and that becomes a quest to change them. Just very much like, you know, earlier when we did a podcast, when you look at a staff, you don't look at a person. When you look at the dumbbell that you have to lift, you don't look at that. You look past that. You look beyond that. It's like when Viktor Frankl says that he was, that there was this famous psychiatrist who went through Auschwitz. And so the difference between the Jews who died in the camp and the Jews who survived is that the Jews who survived didn't look at the pain they had while they they were there. They look beyond the pain. Like you look at the dumbbell as the health that you were having. And like you looked at the salesperson that you, you have, like the, the goals that we're going to, to have in their, you know, to fulfill in their life. When I look at a leader or someone that I'm, I'm going to work with, I don't look at them where they are. Okay. I look at the opportunity I have to turn them into a much bigger being than they thought they were. Yeah, fair enough. Someone who's got greed as one of their hidden players, you talked before about fake it till you make it. Yeah. When things are going good, even a greedy person would be able to hold a team together because there's enough money for everyone, give or take. As soon as things turn slightly That's when you say against the a greedy comes. person, yeah. he's gone, mate. He's yeah. gone. That's when targets go up, pay gets withheld, shit happens because he's still got to pay for his yacht or whatever and his yacht becomes precedence over the staff. That's what I say about tough times, bringing out the best in people and the worst in people. You see their true colours. Everyone, enough money for everyone when we were in a boom for six years. As soon as that boom ended, we found out who had greed in them and who had selfishness in them. And you can mask it, you can deal with it, but when the atom bomb's about to hit and the world's about to come to an end, your absolute true colours will 100% come, come through. And even if you had a team for two years... yeah. Soon as things go bad, that team is gone. If you're the greedy, selfish, do more for which, me. Which is a good point you made. There's that culture is, takes very long time to build, but mate, it just disintegrates in a flash. To build a good team culture, it takes you, I reckon, five years. But to wreck a culture, it's about three decisions. Yeah. You know, you make three decisions gone. I think that ultimately, as a leader, we have to constantly grow in our, not in our virtues, but in our culture. I always seen this, you know, over the last 15 or 16 years, I've really been embarking on growth fast. 
And this is a funny thing. Every year, you know, I want to do the leadership conference because not only I want to grow, but I also want to make sure that our people are growing with the same kind of material year in, year out. And one of the things I noticed, boys, is after a few years, a few leaders just disembark. They got off the train of growth. For them, they reached that level where it's like, it's too much for me. Other leaders were following and then, but you keep on growing, you keep on doing it. And then one year at a time, you can see people stepping off the train, you know? Like this year, I'm still growing. Why? Because I think to myself, if excellence or one of the virtues that you try to emulate in your culture, isn't excellence about knowing that today has to be better? Therefore, you have to improve, you have to read more, you have to learn more, you have to do more, you know? And so I think that if you are going to be a person who is policing culture, you must improve. You must be the first person to do can I, C-I-A-N-I, right? So C-A-N-I. You have to be the person who does excellence. And so for me, I'm pedantic on, on our culture. I'm pedantic on how I live culture. And even more than that, I'm pedantic on the people who are very close to me to uphold the highest level of culture. I'm not interested in, I try and I stuff up there, or I tried, I go, I stumble there. I'm not interested. Stumble is not at the level of my inner circle. Harvey Norman, no interest. Yeah. <laughs> you, have, you have to go higher. And I think that a leader who does that will always improve the business. I know a lot of people who listen to this aren't the leaders. Yeah. So what about someone we employ who isn't happy with the culture in the office they're in? How can they affect change or do they just leave? Can they change? Can well, they affect the culture in the office? Ultimately, it's up to the leader. We all agree that. Someone who's got great culture, regardless of whether they're happy with the culture in the office, will feel a sense of loyalty to the person who employed them, will, will feel a sense of loyalty to that leader. Can they change the culture from the inside? I believe they can. For example, if I walk into a tent, let's just say they muck around a lot. Their head's not in the game. They get results, but they could do a lot better. And I come in and I look at the team and I go, you know what, they could be doing a lot better, but they're not. I don't want to be involved in that culture in regards to the way they muck around, but I do want to be involved in this team because they are a successful team in the area. If they put their head down and they go to work and they show they lead by their own example, let's just say making that extra 50 calls will get them the extra appointments and um, will get them the extra listings. If they prove that by their actions, then I think they can change your culture. They can change your culture, though, because you're the, you're the leader, you're the boss. So you have a staff member come in, is not happy with the way you guys are running things, and says, I'm going to do something like, about it, I'm going to take over training the team, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Does, that. does that change your culture? If I get someone that comes in and they're passionate about changing things for the better, then I think there's nothing wrong with it. But if your culture shitty, are you going to think their changes are for the better? Or are you going to think, sit down, shut up, know your role? If they come up to me and they see a fault in my culture which I never noticed before, but then I kind of pick up on it, then I think there's nothing wrong with it. I think that's right. I think it's a good thing. I think if we're going to have an open relationship, we should be able to talk about that. Yeah, but that, that's you. So my answer probably would be different. If you are the kind of person who does believe in agent of change, then you will change. Yeah. Because you are going to welcome the agent of change in your life. If you don't, then you won't. I think it's going to be a, a reflection of the culture that you have already. And quite often then when that doesn't happen, what happens? And it happens all the time. This is why I said to you earlier, and you said, actually said the first, is that if your culture is not right and it's insular, you're going to be a revolving door kind of business. People are going to hit you. They try and make a change. They can't, they leave. So what would you say to that person then that might be sitting in an organisation right now where they don't like the culture but they feel loyal and would like things to change? Are you saying to them, 
all hope is lost, go find somewhere else. Who's or, that? Is that a salesperson you're talking about? Yeah, or, a, 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 a subordinate to a leader. No, a so take leaders out of it. We, we've all agreed that leaders should be leading the culture. Yeah, yeah. Right? But you go for an interview, you're all excited to start your career and you land in an office where <laughs> you're there for yeah. a couple of days and you go, oh, fuck, what have I got myself into yeah, here? A couple of days is different. Toxic so. culture. No, but toxic culture and you, and you go, oh, well, one, I don't want to throw away a real estate career. Two, I don't know whether it's me being silly or it's actually a bad culture, but then over time you work out, no, the culture is fucked. Mm. But these people are still giving you a chance. You still don't know whether the grass is greener on the other side. Can you affect the change or do you go, I've got to be elsewhere? If you have listened to my podcast with Chris Zinola when he was actually uh, looking, uh, having a glance into my background and my life, I was there. So I walked into an office where a guy had a Mickey Mouse on his tie. I was working in... An, a you saw lunch. Now I saw a culture that was really <laughs> bad. And not only I made the change, I became the manager of that business. And so, yes, I was a, a, an agent of change. But just like what Daniel was saying in his podcast, I looked for the lesson beyond the exercise. When I walked into that office, yes, a lot of people would have said, oh man, this is not for me. This culture is not right. I'm going to walk. I think they, that's a cop-out. Stupid people. Takers are people who say, well, it's not the way I want, therefore I'm going to walk. No. People who believe in being an agent of change. Do you know the number of people who pray to God every now and then, make me rich or make me an agent of change so I can go around the world and do it for you, God? And when they are confronted by that, they just don't. Hey, I'm sorry. Don't tell to me. Just do it. So, yes, when I was in that office, I made sure I changed. Why? Because... At least, at the very least, if nobody else change, I change. Thank God I, I stuck to it because so much in me has grown. Well, you changed the culture when you were there. And then I changed so the culture. it's no different to what I was saying. That by you being different and, and changing, you changed the culture yourself. You stuck to it and you, you believed in it. Yeah. You moved in and it changed all on its own because you changed it. He probably did it with a tenacity, though, that was overwhelming for his boss or his leader, though. Yeah. So we, we know the way T.O. goes at things. Yeah. You know, there'd be people sitting there, well, if I spend the next three months here trying to change this and it doesn't work, I've just cost myself three months of the career and I get that take thing. Yeah, right? well, let, let me answer that question afterwards, all right? So uh, after this, because we're going to have a taste of the bogan. I'm not going to pretend to know what this uh, wine's all about, okay? <laughs> but uh, I tried this wine many years ago. absolutely loved it at a restaurant. Um, not don't remember where it was in the city. It's called the Bogan. I thought I'd buy it because it reminds me of Cameron. And <laughs> uh, I went to this winery a few years ago celebrating uh, mine and Linda's fifth year anniversary, I think it was. And uh, Your what? Your fifth year? Yeah. Ding, 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 uh, ding, 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 ding. So, yeah, here you go. Hey. Your fifth year. I still remember that song, you know? Which song? That lady that played on the guitar. You know, you're my best friend. Yeah, my best friend. Oh, yeah. my, uh, my wedding day. Yeah, 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 I love that song. They were Linda's friends that sang that song. God, what a beautiful song. Caleb, who used to work for me, played the guitar. Yeah? Yeah. You know, I'd never heard that song, and it was like, you know, I've traveled around the world, I've done so many things, and, and I always come back to you because you, you're my best friend, and it was beautiful, just a guitar and a voice. Huh? It was beautiful. I love that it was song. a beautiful, beautiful day. So five it was years. Fun. Now. That's more than five years. It must be seven. No, now. It must uh, be we got married in 2012. Seven uh, years now. Yeah, eight years. Eight, eight years yeah. this year. Yeah. yeah. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. Look in the eye. You're looking Cheers. 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 That's right. <laughs> Hopefully, you like it. Oh, it's nice. 
Just for the record, it cost $54. He broke the rules. He can get yeah, fucked. No, no, no. <laughs> and how much do I really get it for? I've got the receipt to prove it. <laughs> With your Dan Murphy's discount. Yeah, that's right. Who so has a Dan Murphy's card? Everyone has it. <sighs> Any alcoholic does. <laughs> <laughs> Not this one. Yeah. So, so Barossa Valley, that one, huh? Yeah, Barossa Valley one. Ooh, beautiful, beautiful. That's nice. I like it. Not too peppery. Mm. Yeah. It gives you a nice little kick afterwards as well. I'm glad you like it. It's good. That's a guest we want to have back because he brings good bottles. <laughs> About fucking time. Denola, you're sacked. Denola goes to such little effort that a week after Troy was here, it's he bought he the same wine Italian. that Troy bought. <laughs> Does he bring Italian wines? Is that why? No. Yeah. no. He brings wines that have been cellared for 42 years that need to be drunk. In the garage. Oh, in the... In, in the 40-degree garage. 57-degree oh, so like, heat. Um, uh, vinegar. But oh. we, went, we went to his place for at Christmas. All cork. And like, he oh, brought out four bottles in a row, like 2007, off. 2003, whatever it was. Man, we could not have a sip of the wine. Really? The Chardonnay looked like you hadn't drank water for three weeks and then you <laughs> tried to take a piss. That's what my old man Was that does, brown? Yeah. He opens a bottle of wine this year and next year he serves it to you again. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you got all your money. Tight as fuck, yeah. you Montes boys. Yeah. yeah, that's how Oscar made you guys rich. In the cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, South American, that one. <laughs> mm. Have a bit of blue cheese. The pepper in this wine is... Oh. I like it? Good. Mm. Have you, some you're, blue you're cheese. Right. I think the blue it. cheese with this is going to kill it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I cut it for myself. Listen, man. Pablo, calm down. <laughs> All right, you, you might as well take this one here. Big no, man. I'm good, man. I'll just add some. I'm good. The Bulgan. Well, listen, guys, we, we've done a, a good way around culture. I, I think that this this is a good thing. So I'm going to go back to uh, your office here now. Stop picking on me. Well, no, but it's an example. We, we, we start with that. I, I love staying with one example. example. So what happened now if your people are brand new, mm-hmm. they bring in good results in Barara, mm-hmm. but it's not the culture you want. I know you said earlier you're going to get rid of them. Yep. Really? Would you get rid of them? They yep. bring in good results. Oh, I'm on record as having done this, so it doesn't matter. I would sit there and make sure that the issues that we're having are them issues, not me issues. I would make sure that there's nothing I can do to train them out of it or any conversation that can be had to get them back on track. If my gut still tells me that it's a cultural issue that can't be fixed, then unfortunately the taxpayers have got someone else they've got to support. I can't and won't won't deal with it. I won't tolerate it because there's always someone else who can knock on a door and ask, are you selling, which essentially is what we're doing, fucking hour in and hour out every day. I won't put everyone else that I employ's livelihood on the line for that because that's how damaging it can be and I won't live on the hope that oh, they might be able to bring me half a million dollars so I'll piss everyone else off because of that. I just won't. And someone asked me... Sorry, what if a salesperson like that took you six months to find and you finally reach a stage, stage after six months where they're doing well? It took two and a half years for me to find someone who had an extensive sales background, a strong personality and I didn't have to hold their hand. I sacked them after four weeks. Someone asked me at last kickstart or used me as an example in front of somebody else said, oh, I know that if Cam had a million-dollar performer and they were being a fuckwit, he'd sack them, wouldn't you, Cam? And I said, well, don't use me as an example because I've never had a million-dollar performer. I don't know. Yes, all righteousness and fucking holier than now, yes, I'd fuck them off, but until you've got someone putting a million dollars in your pocket, you don't know whether you would or not. We had someone who could have potentially brought in at least half that or three quarters of that and I'm proud of the fact that that didn't I didn't jeopardize the team because of it and won't do it again 
Do you think you could run a culture where it's like that, where it's like it's a bad culture where everyone's just ripping each other off, but it kind of just works? Can that happen? Yeah, absolutely. If you put all sharks together, they can still survive. Yeah. So the weaker shark will get killed every now and then. There's a. There's a. There's a. Yeah, why not? But yeah. do we want to live oh, in this kind of environment? There's but, a franchise. It is what it is, and, and you're that straightforward where you go, this is how it is. If you like it too bad, at the end of the day, I'm the boss. You can't overrule me. I'm the king. There's a franchise no, I mean, that operates that If you want to be an that ass like that, yeah. no, you, know, you, you get what I'm saying, right? There's a franchise that operates that way, and they just, uh, they're on the record as saying, we just use them up, chill them up. Once they've hit their use by date, we fuck them off. Um, I'm not, look, I'm not saying this is right. I'm just... Uh, 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 overall, overall, is the owner making a lot of money? Yes. Has he been through four hundred and fucking fifty staff in the but last? Does few he years? care? Probably doesn't care. So if he doesn't care and he's gone through all that staff, then what's the big deal? Is it sustainable? Because well, you know what happened. How long has it been successful? No, how long has this team uh, this, no, this because you know what you know what's happened, mate. Even though they're the biggest brand going around, they're. Google rating now is two point six. Right, I, I don't know if I should say this on record, but there's a there's a there's an office near in my area where well I won't say his name, so I guess it's okay. But what's the initial? Huh? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no one, no one likes him. Yeah, you speak to people who dealt with him, no one likes him. Mm. Okay, he's an absolute ass of a person. Mm. But guess what? People still list with him mm. once, and he's still once. Nah, people still go back and listen. It's the oddest thing I've ever seen. I've never seen this before. People go list with him. He's an arrogant bastard. Buyers hate him. Buyers who've sold, bought with him still list their house with him and sell with him later on. That's because he's surrounded by people who can't play. Oh, people you, are full of you, shit giving you the you bad put, feedback. I put a guy in. Yeah, no, but see, like if listen, was, think about heard, this. I never heard, I'm sorry, I've never heard a good feedback. I, listen, I'm going to ask you this question now. Yeah. If a Darren Butcher was in there running the show, uh, Darren Butcher if, would do if, well. if a Cameron was in there doing a show, Everyone would if do an Abdullah. Would do would be there doing a show. <laughs> would this guy be in trouble? Absolutely. Yeah. He would be. yeah. So so what I'm saying to you is that look, in the, the absence yeah. of someone of a good, better option, a shark will always rise in to the, the top. Absence of a better you option. put good people in there, mate. The shark's gone. And the reason we're talking about culture is listen, two minute sharks going in to make a few million dollars and go, absolutely does work. But that's not what we're about. What we're about is and, and which is what you're about, how can I create a business? That when my daughters, like the three daughters you're going to have, mm-hmm. are going to be playing netball or any sports on the Saturday, I can just go, I just can be there for them. You know, that's what we're talking about. What we're talking about is when I have people working around me, I have made their life better than if they were not around me. That's, I think we, we, you have to start from some kind of premises. Yeah. If the premises is make I'm going to buck. just screw everyone so yeah. that I can make the big bike for myself, yeah, you, you don't need the, the, the last hour and a half of podcast. Yeah. You can do whatever you want. But if the design of your life is I want to leave this world a better place for my daughters than when I turned up, then there's different rules we had to play by. There's another well, goal. You, you gave the best example, sorry. Best example was that if an Abdullah or Darren, or Darren went into that area, he actually I don't know, said no. I don't know about Cameron. He actually said um, no. Went into that area, would they make a difference? 100%. <laughs> he said so, would the good overpower the bad? 100% they would. Absolutely. Yeah, and it depends on the legacy you're trying to leave. If you're after a quick buck, there's another guy, a different franchise on yeah, the but Central some people Coast. Aren't, aren't about legacies. That's there's the thing. A, yeah, there's a guy on the Central Coast who's been trying to sell his business for the last four years. No one will touch him because his name's attached to it. His, his yeah. reputation is that bad. So, he's, I believe he's actually rung. 
old mate over here and asked if he could be a Wisebury. He's tried Century 21. He's tried McGrath. No one will touch him because of the, resi- Is he the rep- reputation well? he's got. Right? <laughs> the bloke's stuck in his business because he can't sell the fucking thing because of exactly everything we've talked about. I've interviewed staff of his. We've actually employed one of his old we've staff the same now, thing mate. at the moment as well where we can we've, buy a rent roll, but we know what the guy's like and it's like there's no way we can em- buy the rent We've roll. just employed one of his staff and as soon as someone comes to an interview with me and says that name, I go, oh, fucking hang on. Yep. And we have employed one of them. And I said, if I see any of your old leader in you, you are gone fucking straight away. But yeah. So we're talking about do you want the quick fame and fortune because he drives a nice car and has a big fucking gold chain around his neck, but he can't sell his fucking business. He's going to have to work till he's fucking 80. Or do we want something where fucking Cam can go and have two weeks off with his family and know that the business is in good hands and isn't going to fall apart or that... Darren Butcher works because he wants to, not because he has to anymore, yeah. right? Yeah, do we it, want that or do I, we I want... I think it's even better than that. I think you were around when my when Alexander, my son, who's 25... Still wears just, pink just a few Just a few months ago, he, he was around uh, some of my friends, and I think you were around, and he was chatting with some of my friends, and he said, pointing at me, he said, you know, I, I think that dad's done well. I think that for a guy who came here with not much, he, he, he's done a lot, a lot of good things and he's done well. And you know what? I was sitting next to him. I'm still remembering it today because that means way more to me than any success. That when your child goes out and he is upholding your values and your work as maybe the, I won't say the example, but as something that has inspired him or is a, a good example for him to share with, with, with other people. That to me is way better than anything else you can you can earn. Yep. And when I heard that from my own son, and, and I think the other person said, "Oh, yeah, absolutely." I think he is Alexander. Mind you, he was pissed, so I don't know whether it is truthful. But when Alexander comes out and say this to me, mate, there's no money, there's no ticket you can put to this. And I think that when I talk about culture, that's what I espouse to is to do things not for yourself, but is this place a better place because you're around? Mm. Is this place that you leave your kids, the legacy that you want to live? My kids aren't old enough for that yet, but I had a similar sense when Darren Jones goes out after the storm in Barrow and out of his own pocket when he's got no money, buys tarps for people and helps them put them over yep. his roof and didn't even tell me about it. like that. That's why I said before maybe it's an ego thing, but I'd like to think I created that culture. And that's a fucking proud moment, mate, to see that by doing the right thing by everybody – and by people seeing you do the right thing, they're going out and doing the right thing by everybody else and, and trying to make the world a better place. And that's that's a sense of that that's something that I want to buy a Ram truck, mate, but no ten Ram trucks couldn't replace the feeling you get when mm. when that stuff happens. And then I was at your place when we learned that Darren had ticked over a hundred grand for the first time and you saw me get emotional about it. Like yeah. that stuff that can only happen with culture, can only happen with proper leadership yeah, look, and, and, and well, a lot of my, my What do you want in life? recently has been what Aaron's speech was on the night. And I sorry, I keep on coming back to it. But yeah, no, it's good. It's good. There's a moment where I, I kind of went, oh, wow. And the way he spoke about Michael was like, you know, that would be so nice if someone said that about me. That's nice. And that's why, like, I was only being the devil's advocate, like you were saying before. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's true. Leaving something behind like that is more important. For me to find out one day that all these people are thankful for the impact that I've put in their life would be amazing. And, yeah, I, I agree. That's more important than anything else. Why is it okay for people to be devil's advocate but not have an actual difference of opinion from you? 
we play lots of devil's advocate here and we go, oh, yeah, it's okay, Because mate, we, know what, we, we, know, we know what the right answer is, but we just... Sorry, mate. No, he no. played play devil. I don't play with the devil. I'm sorry, mate. Daniel did that. Mate. I've used the word. No, but I've said it today. To play devil's advocate, what about association? When, in a real sense, all that someone who has a difference of opinion from you or a difference of culture from you is saying is... I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Why can we sit there when someone says I'm playing devil's advocate, listen to their opinion and accept that that might be an idea and we can talk about it, but outside of that, oh, he thinks this and I think that, so fuck him. Why is it so different? Why do you reckon? Why do you, we talked about before we have to be open to other people's ideas, we have to be open to two sides of the story. Mm-hmm. By us playing devil's advocate, um, that's exactly what we're doing. Yeah. But out there in the culture sense we're talking, uh, well, he says something different to me, so I'm not talking to anybody anymore. Why? What's the difference? Uh, it's your association. And I, I think also it's a question of maturity. I, I think I was like that. If you really knew me back in my younger days, you would probably would have still seen. still have your moments. I, I don't have my moments. I, I was like that. But I think that as you mature, you realise that the walls don't fix things. It is an exchange. We are real estate agents. We don't just sell houses. We move people. And only a better understanding of people will allow us to do a better job with our clients. So where's that better understanding with people? Well, understand the other person. So I never put walls, but I'm very clear that if my culture is there, there is a level. If someone works around me and they are really doing very menial things, I'm not harsh on them on the culture because I go, well, you know, if they do the basic of my culture, I'm fine. If the person who's on my right hand, uh, my right hand man, if he breaks one small element of culture, I'll kill him because for me, that's the person I expected to have mm. the highest level of culture. That yeah. person I have no, uh, how can I say it? Probably no sympathy when the culture is broken. To play devil's advocate. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he was talking about himself no, no, when no, he did not, that, right? No. But your wine's you good, have, man. Your wine's good. It gets uh, better. We, unlike, better have some more, we may better have some of that wine before he finishes. Unlike mate, Denola's, it gets worse after every mouthful. This is actually getting better. I love no, it. You can't say that about Denola when he's not around. I'm saying it about... Denola has his bottle here already for next week. Have I'll a look stab at this. you in the gut. Did you see it? Yeah, it's going missing. I, I reckon we better have a look at what he has <laughs> before next week. Someone makes saying, you, so you have your culture, yeah. And depending on the person and their position, is how intensely you uh, police that culture, yeah. But even your right hand man, who you expect to adhere to your culture one hundred percent, yeah. What if his culture is or values are slightly different? Because we're all individual humans. So you're demanding of someone that they have your culture. Mm-hmm. What about their own culture? I have no problem if their culture is better than mine. I'll espouse. It's their not culture. about better. It's about no, individual. No, no, no. Remember, the first line that I have is do unto others the way that you want others to deal with your old parents. So what if... And her is a big one. If you you have a look at every recruit manual I have, humility is the last of the 15 qualities. People don't realize that was my 16 one because after gratitude, humility is there. And so I give people chance, but I also have to know chances are there for the word chances. Chance is not unlimited. So what if someone treats you the way they would be happy with you treating their grandmother, but that's not the way you would treat your grandmother? I have no problem. Then I explain it to them. This is how I would expect you to treat my grandmother. So then can you two coexist or we, is we it can, no, we, can we both treat our grandmothers different ways? So no, we no, can't. no, 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 no. Two, two things happen. They disagree with me. That's the time when they have to fuck off. Or no, listen, that doesn't mean that their life stopped. They will have to go and build their own culture. Or they say, no, I see it. 
Why can't someone disagree with you? No, they can't disagree. But that, what I'm trying to say is that you can disagree and then you have to build your own culture. I mean, you can't disagree and be there. So that's when I have to go, okay. Can't I, agree to disagree. No, no. I'm going to go back to what you're saying. Let's imagine my secretary breaking the culture that I want. It's okay. I'll attend to that. I'll talk. It's no problem. Then there's a person who's right next to me. They break the culture. I say, this is how I want it. This is how I live. And that person can say, well, I disagree with you. This is how I live. Fine. Then they're no longer in, in my inner circle. That doesn't mean that they are not around me, but they are no longer in my inner circle. They can go and do whatever they want. The further I see that their culture is, the less contact I have because you become who you hang around. But how far do I help? I give people enough chances, man. And before that person got to that level where they're right next to me, they had to go through a lot of barriers to get there. It means that they have espoused an enormous amount of culture points to get there. If they don't, well, it, and it's not a cult. The, the thing is that life is very short. You have to hang around people who are alike. And you have goals, you have vision of a world that you want to leave as a legacy behind you. And you want to have those people who are going to espouse to your set of values and really bring that uh, vision about. If not, why are the two of you there? You, you only have to have clash. So what's, so then for... To why is he asking these questions? Maybe it's something that happened yesterday. <laughs> oh, it's not. But I was going to use Daniel and I as an example. Uh, oh, let's just throw all the Montezes in, actually. I don't believe that Americans should be able to carry guns wherever they want, right? You do. Should we be able to fucking hang out? Because that's hard and fast. I will fight yeah, no, but to you the death. Look at what, so is that culture? For example. So if you no, but to, that's culture. So no, no, but wait, you can gotta, we have you a difference no, of you opinion? You've got to look at what outcomes are. So, for example, if you go to Texas, okay, there's less problems with gun crimes there. But if you go to Chicago, no, but I'm saying, where, the biggest, where the biggest gun laws are, there's yeah. more gun crimes so there. We're gonna so argue if you're going to look at it and go, okay, well, what's better? Free gun laws? So can we not hang out, laws? though? Because no, we've got a difference on guns? Just because we have a disagreement doesn't mean I hate you. Okay. That's right. But that doesn't mean that you guys are going to be in the inner circle. That's right. So, for example, I find it very hard to hang around someone who is a granny. Yeah, right? who, who doesn't eat meat. Doesn't eat meat, who disagrees with hunting and all that sort of stuff. Who okay. do, who, what is it? Who disagree with? Isn't that like a Catholic saying, I, I won't hang around someone who's gay? It could be possibly as well. You know, But no, that's not true because I see, I've seen gay people in my wife's church, which they were accepting of them anyway, and it's just an understanding what that is and that's it. But I couldn't talk about what I love regards to hunting and all that with someone who doesn't like hunting and all that because that's what I do. I enjoy doing that. I enjoy foraging, hunting meat and cooking it and prepping it and putting it all together and enjoying it all. You camel-killing bastard. Yeah. Where the fuck is Scott Morrison? But, but... <laughs> but, you know... But then there's... Okay, this is a best example. Like, then there's people who just don't understand. Like, for example, they don't want to see camels be killed, but they don't understand by having camels around they're possibly killing all other native animals by them being there, you know what I mean? So the cold needs to happen so other native animals can actually... I thrive. think camel's delicious. It is delicious. It's delicious. I haven't eaten it. And you can hydrate because they're drinking all our water. But yeah, where were we? We got lost in that. No, I, I think that what Cameron's saying is that whether you meet someone who doesn't like meat or hunting, yeah. that doesn't mean that you're going to be his enemy. Yeah. However, you're probably going to not like going to. Have have I would like to. You know what? I would like to have a conversation with someone like that, but we didn't get into an argument. Yeah, well, it was like a normal conversation. Well, stop being such an asshole. <laughs> we might not argue. <laughs> but those value because of the opposing values that you have, you probably won't be hanging around that person. No, that 100%. Much. That's why, all. Why, so why would I? I don't think that I like, I like Jason's mentality. In regard, he goes, "I got one life to live. Why am I going to waste my time spending with someone I disagree with?" And that's true. Why are you going to spend your time with someone that you spend disagreeing with? That's why he only hangs out with you, or no, 
Oh, he hangs around a lot. <laughs> <laughs> he disagrees. You know what I mean? Love like, you, Jace. What's the point? He hangs around a lot of deers, mate. <laughs> deers. <laughs> I don't have a chance to argue. Kabang! <laughs> <laughs> you, you can something, mate. Hey? You can something. No, I love it. Oh, okay. I, I want nothing more than to have a farmhouse on the beach. Yeah. Where we can be self-sustainable and I can well, still you kill dolphins. Like dolphin. You kill dolphins. That's like this, this young boy you started with. But I'd have to get. He doesn't eat red meat. But the only reason why he doesn't eat meat, red meat because he doesn't believe in factory farming. Yeah. But the idea I have one day is for him to come with us hunting one day and to film us doing a hunt. And he hasn't got anything against that because that's no. a natural way of foraging yeah. your meat. I, I don't know. That's a great way of thinking. I don't mind that. Mm. I don't know if I could I could shoot something to actually go and slaughter a pig or a sheep or a cow. I don't know if I'm. On that level, that's what butchers are for. I figure that God gave you a trade. I'll get a butcher to slaughter uh, a cow for me, and then the I'll eat the fucking thing. But doing all that, it's it's hard work, but it's kind of exciting. But after but if while, Bambi, mate, I'll if just I send it to the abattoir and get them to do it. If I see Bambi at five hundred yards, I'm going to blow that fucker's shoulders off because yeah. it'd be fun. Yeah, yeah. go Bambi. Yeah, it'll be fun. Because Guys, be this is getting out of our <laughs> it's culture. Not fun, it's not fun killing just the animal. It's fun because no, I want to eat. Meat, Big dogs got to eat. Yeah, I get a skin out of it. <laughs> I, mean, I get the adventure of hunting it. You get to for mount me, it on your toilet wall. Me shooting an animal for 500 meters away isn't fun. Me sneaking up to an animal and putting an arrow through it at 40 meters. Yeah, so so what do you guys do now is you use drone, push them towards <laughs> you, right? How, how'd you know that? <laughs> <laughs> that was accidental. Is that how you get the 50 meters? That was accidental. <laughs> no. No, so all I was trying to establish is a difference between culture and a difference between a difference in opinion. Um, we can have difference in opinion. I have no problem. But in the end, culture is about the people you have working around you, the people you're working with. And I think that in the end, you have to have a little bit of understanding. When Daniel says he's against the guys who talk no against hunting, but he listened to them. I think it's great. So if the culture is that we all want to do best by our clients and we all want to be as successful as possible, but we have a difference of opinion on how to do that, then we should all chill out and just have a conversation with each other and try and get on the same page? Is that, that's a culture thing, yeah? I really like the idea of someone who has an understanding of everyone. You had Hui on here. That was the gym in instructor, the, the guy who runs CrossFit you know what in... I love about him most? Yeah. He's accepting of everyone. <coughs> is it? It doesn't matter who the person is in front of him. He will find a reason to like them and he will hang around them no matter what. So does he ever have a problem with anyone? No. I like that. Mm. There's not enough of, I don't like what he's doing, he doesn't like what I'm doing, let's sit down and talk about it. There's, fuck him, I don't like what he's doing. The problem is, it's too much of a thing to be right. Who cares if you're wrong? Because if I say something and it doesn't come out right. What we're talking about in culture plays is playing out in society. There's a left and there's a right, there's no middle. And as soon as someone says shoot the camel, someone's going to say don't shoot the camel instead of going why should we shoot the camel or why shouldn't we shoot the camel. And that's exactly what plays out in business and it's exactly what plays out in your office and that erodes culture faster than anything. Yeah, but I I, I understand that. But it's still your business. All right, so let's have a look at this. This is your business in Picton. You want to do A. Right, and I want to prove it to you that B is the way, and Cameron wants to prove it to you that C is the way. What do we do? Do we sit down and kumbaya talk A, B, C, and then what? We'll tug it out. Well, I think it's my tact to be able to sell it to them. Well, what if you can't sell it to me because I'm a better salesman than you? <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying it just for the podcast, or, or, no, or you a change man for 2020? No, that's 100. Because normally it's not like you. You ask them to leave. No, no. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Daniel doesn't <laughs> like A, B, and C. He loves the D. <laughs> hey, listen. 
James, <laughs> Daniel's a big fan. There's one thing that I do when I'm hot blooded, and there's one thing I do when I'm not hot blooded. But the truth is, that's that's the answer to me. The answer is, is that you allow them to try it out for themselves, and if it doesn't work, then you go from there. Daniel's got two ways. When he's sitting back and he's talking to you, he's cool. When he sit back up, fucking aggressive, man. Yeah, <laughs> aggressive. You don't like the A, B, and C. You like the D. I've heard that about you. You love the D. Oh, this big red head of mine, mate. You, you want a stemless to be brought in? Because <laughs> we, we might as well break the same glass. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about culture and it's not much of a love-in, but one thing I love about the Montez boys is you can have an open conversation and you, you can talk two sides of the story and you can agree and disagree and I think it's better for everyone as a whole. It's oh, better. We would have a full-blown argument with you and we'd still be friends after. Yeah. No problems with that. And that's yeah. that's what I've instilled in my business. My my staff have all the... My dad's been communicating with that to us for years. <laughs> do you instill that in your... Do you instill... <laughs> do you instill that's that in your staff? Do you instill that in your staff? Can your staff come and argue with you? No, we had to... Not like... Down. Not the way Oscar does. No, we had to tone it down. Holy shit. The way Oscar does, I'm telling you, mate, it makes Godfather sound like Cinderella kind <laughs> of story or Snow White. Seriously, in the end, it's a question of a matter of culture. What would be the biggest thing for you now out of our discussion of cultures? And we're going to close on that one. What to you is the most important thing? I understand her, right? So I understand humility, I understand excellence and respect. But what, beside those three points, is the most important point that you guys got in terms of culture? Understand and accept that you are the culture. You the leader or you everyone? You everyone. I meant to touch on this before. We talked last week about lead yourself. We, we asked where are all the leaders in the country and this and that. If someone's not leading you, you have to lead yourself. But if we're talking about leaders and where is the culture understand that you are the culture whatever you've got in front of you is being created by you take ownership of it if you want that to change then change your fucking self okay i honestly feel that you have to be honest with yourself like i, I like being that salesperson that pushes you because of my arrogance so what i say will give you the shit so it means you're going to be better than me right so i yeah. like that i like that style of being a salesperson but that doesn't work being a leader you're only a benchy huh oh sorry yeah so that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't work right so for me what i think is that you have to understand that your your actual job is to actually lead people to be better. To me, boys, when you set up your business, do you remember the line I said? Treat others the way you would want others to treat your old parents. Your old parents. And, and my parents are 80 and 90. Think of your business as if you were the old parents. How would you want to be treated? That should be the culture. Hey, man. Kumbaya. Love you all. Love you all. America Thank you shouldn't so much, have guns. Thank for being around for here. Me. Hunting is for grubs. No, it isn't. <laughs> I actually want want to do a, a, a podcast on hunting, boys. Oh, we'd love to. I, you I, all the brothers I want to th have the three brothers, yep. and I'm going to give you hell. Actually, Cam and I, we're going to give you hell. You should get hell. Charlotte in on this because Charlotte doesn't like hunting. <laughs> okay. We, no, we, she talked to me about the camel thing. Before. You know what's funny, bro? We'll be able to change our culture in a second. I don't, I don't need to embarrass you on an internationally broadcast podcast that, <laughs> but she fucking roped you in so good charlotte by oh, posting that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> she fucked you bro. 
he posted that camel you know, thing I, I was and then just that. watched you blew up and oh. all I'm thinking is... <laughs> what was the other thing that she had? What was the other thing that uh, Chad had all the Montes? He yeah. was laughing. What was that thing? Uh, that was the one with the um, the teacher teaching the kids to be vegan. Yeah, yeah. and then yeah, my and then Ali got involved with that. Oh. And then Bronte got on, mate. Yeah, yeah. who's Bron- yeah, who's Bronte? Troy's daughter. Yeah, Bronte Troy's daughter. is is the well. minister of teaching. The minister uh, okay. for finance. Yeah, okay, cool. the uh, the nineteen year old with zero children living at home with their parents, telling everyone else how to live their uh, treat their kids. All right, all right. That's that's why I believe people who aren't married and and uh, haven't got kids shouldn't be voting. Now, Greta Thunberg is an awesome human. <laughs> All right, boys. We're going to stop this. This is way beyond the culture. Thank you so much for being Charlotte here, boys. We talk, can't drive, we'll talk next vote. week. <laughs> See you, boys. Uh, thank, thank you, you very much. Thank, thank you. Bye-bye.